What? I'd do it if I could. I don't need a kid to tell me how I should do my job. Yeah, well, I don't see why I have to do something just because I can. <laughs> you shouldn't have hit me. Mr. Bright! What's wrong with hitting you? You're a selfish brat. We've been catering to your tantrums, and it's going to stop now. I'm not... I'm not the person you make me out to be. <laughs> you got no right! Not even my own father hit me before! I've got no more time for you. You need to do some growing up fast if you want to survive this thing. That's it. I'm not doing it Gundam. anymore. Hey everybody, welcome to the show that has more pedo bears on staff than a local meeting of Nambla. It's Gundam at MAHQ. Yes, I went there. It's too old. Gundam at MAHQ is not in any way affiliated with Nambla. Thank I God. Would, I would request not to be called pedo bear anymore, please. <laughs> oh no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Thank you, Peter from Windsor. Oh, Peter. <laughs> Just kidding. So yes, this is Gundam at MHQ. Uh, there's no pedo bears in this episode, no. and uh, this is our first episode getting back to uh, the usual uh, habit after MegaCon. So yeah, I'd like to thank everybody who came out to that show in uh, February and uh, who was there for our two live podcasts, or if you want a prize. And also, of course, uh, thanks to Anime Sushi for uh, hosting us again. Thank Definitely you. Definitely a great convention, a good couple of shows that we did. So uh, you know, now we're back to the uh, the usual uh, gun damning. So, in this episode, uh, we'll be taking a look at uh, six episodes of Gundam 00 Season 2. New format, though. In our not new old formats, format. not the old format, <laughs> so you're not going to be here for five hours. <laughs> Thankfully, and neither will we. And uh, the long-awaited, long, 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 long-awaited, most controversial Gundam Roundup segment ever. We're talking about Gundam Seed Destiny, and we've got uh, General Austin of the Hatagon as our special guest, and this time he will unleash the fury. Straight from Hate Valley, Florida, too. He's been saving it. He's been saving it up, so uh, as usual, uh, I'm Chris, and I'm always joined by... Neo here, and Sobro Ryu. Now that we've got that out of the way, uh, we can jump into uh, some Neo's news, hopefully without Adam uh, busting in and, and ruining everything the way he always does. So uh, I understand you've got quite a lot of uh, breaking news this time, uh, Mr. Neo. Yes, yes. Our first uh, news story comes, um, it's actually a combination of just a, a, a normal story that I saw online, plus uh, a listener submitted it on the Neo's listener submitted news articles uh, thread. And uh, this is coming courtesy of the folks at uh, Bandai, or not Bandai, but um, Anime News Network. And there was uh, in August, or there was um, one of the websites, uh, Gpara, uh, reports that they spoke to the president and CEO of Bandai. And basically he said, quote, there are no plans to broadcast uh, another Gundam television series in 2009. His other quote in there was, there's a new work that's going to be announced in 2009 to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Gundam. Uh, but there's the only thing that's going to be going on for 2009 is there's going to be a short movie for this August uh, Gundam Big Expo convention in Tokyo. And uh, I guess this would kind of segue to something that we discussed in the Megacon. Before you go uh, to that, uh, I just got to throw in, does anyone honestly believe what this guy's saying? No. 
I kind of seen a I, lot of I, people I, like like oh well this guy said it so it must be true. It's like come on, how many times do you read some entertainment news? Oh, oh no, we're not making yeah. this movie. No, we're not doing this show. Oh no, this person's not involved. And then like two months later, it's like no, yeah, we really are. Yeah, especially over there because they kind of wait to the last minute to even re- release anything, right? Or any yeah, like, promotion. You don't or... usually hear about a show until like a few months right before it starts. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm. I'm not gonna really put much uh, stock into what this guy says right now. Then it's like, come on. There's been, there's been some kind of Gundam animated product for every single anniversary, except of course the fifth because obvious reasons. But there's been something every five years since 1989. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing about it too, it sounds like it's like wink, wink. Uh, let you know, you got to come to the the big expo, the Gundam Expo, this August in Tokyo. It's like it's gonna be a short movie. But we're not going to be doing anything. But you know, wink, wink. You want you want to make sure you come over here. Yeah, I, sure. I don't doubt that by some they're going to announce like some something because why would they just suddenly decide to not do an animated series for the thirtieth anniversary? That's just yeah, ridiculous. If you kind of if you kind of harken back to when Double uh, O, it was like everything was kind of quiet, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, there's going to be a new new uh, show coming out, Gundam Double O, and you know, a few months later, here it is. So, yeah, I, I do kind of agree with you on that, though. I guess that would, uh, like I was saying, uh, in the Megacon edition, we were speaking about what we kind of termed as uh, Gundam 0081, and there was a bunch of speculation. Everybody's probably seen all the uh, line art and screen captures and magazine captures on there about um, about a Federation uh, soldier going against uh, the remnants of Zeon in uh, Universal Century 0081. And uh, we got some confirmation of how you're going to be able to get that this year. And uh, drum roll, please. That is now a PS3 game. All so, right! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm glad someone here has a PS3. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, because Solbro's got that, that 360 that... That he got for uh, what was that game? Oh, oh yeah, the, the mobile ops. Oh, that's right, that's right. I forgot. Hey, man, I, but the I one got that, Dynasty Warriors, the one that never Gundam came out coming. here. So, so he just uh, he plays <laughs> the demo online from Japan over and over again, over and over, <laughs> over, and over again, because that's all he's ever gonna get. Way to put me on blast. <laughs> hey, who admitted that he got a 360 for what game? I, I did. I did. Hey, hey, I got Dynasty Warriors Gundam and Part 2, man. So what? That's also on the PS3. That, those aren't exclusives. What yeah, well, you? exclusive game. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Checkmate. Yeah. For now. For now. But, yeah, because um, it's going to magically come out now after, like, all these years. Exactly. I can keep dreaming. <laughs> but... But, I mean, do. A, 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 as much as I guess I kind of got everybody's hopes up, it, it's still kind of nice to see that it's just, uh, you know, at least you'll be able to play it. It's a video game. You know, they didn't go the route of, oh, yeah, by the way, this is going to be a, uh, a semi-annual manga that uh, it's going to take five years to get translated over to Japan or to over to America. But um, also uh, going on this article about the No Plans for the Gundam TV series in um, 2009, wink, wink, uh, the Bandai Namco, they, they talked about the 30th anniversary project is going to be consisting of three phases. Uh, one's called the Real, J, Real G phase, which is going to erect an 18-meter-tall life-size statue of the original RX-78-2 in Shokazi Plaza on Tokyo's artificial Obadiah Island. And it's going to be up there for about two months. So, um, 
you know, I guess the pigeons will have a lot of target practice uh, <laughs> over there in Tokyo. Uh, the field G phrase will be the Gundam Big Expo, and the anniversary convention will be held from August 21st to the 23rd at Tokyo Big Site Convention Center on Obadiah. So I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure there'll be nothing new for Gundam at that time. Wink, wink. And uh, finally, oh, Soul G is is this relate? Is, are they related to you, Soul Bro? Soul G will be the uh, Gundam 30th anniversary commemorative live conference concert, which the promoters aim to hold in 2009. The overall thing for the anniversary project is always beginning. So maybe they do the theme song for the non-existent new show. Yeah. <laughs> Wink, wink. But, uh, if, if Soul G is getting famous, uh, maybe we're going to be the ones who get fired from uh, the show and not him. Oh. Pretty much, right? <laughs> We've been waiting for that because you know, from uh, you know, this is this is Mr. Podcast Superstar over here. Oh yeah, you bet. Cro- cro- crossing the aisles. But um, another uh, listener submitted article here, and this is courtesy of uh, one of our favorite posters, Destiny Gundam, oh. and uh, or who we like to call Peter from Windsor. Um, Hello and. you're on Um, this comes courtesy of Anime News Network again and it's talking about the Macross Frontier film that's tentatively planned for uh, this coming fall and there's going to be a theatrical version of it and a bunch of stuff was pretty much denounced at the um, Macross the Super Dimension Space Launching Ceremony it's really 2009 already it's it's February 22nd, na-na-na-na-na-na, the culture event that they had last month. So, well, that's a mouthful. Uh, I didn't quite hear all that. Could you repeat that? Uh, Macross, the superdimensional force. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they had a lot of the, you know, of course they had the co-creator and a lot of the mech and character designers in there. And it, from what it's kind of sounding like, it almost sounds like uh, the F- Macross Frontier film might be uh, a little bit of a reimagining of the show a little bit so i'm wondering if it's going to be something like uh do you remember love but um i will keep you posted on that and uh some more new you know super robot stuff that's going to be coming for us is it's been announced and this comes courtesy of zero buster xx and he found this on the animated news network again wow Uh um that there's going to be a shin mazinger shoiken uh, Zen High TV remake for uh, 2009. Heck so yeah. um, there's no real dates yet, but it's going to be going by the end of this year. And it's going to be directed by Yashishiro Imagawa, uh, who uh, directed Giant Robo, G Gundam, 707. And uh, the writing is a, it's an adaptation of the original story from Gonagi. And uh, looks like there's a lot of, um, a lot of people working on this so they actually if you go to the if you go to the link for this article it shows they've already uh, announced the cast of the characters so a lot of the the uh, voice actors for uh, the new Mazinger um, anime that's going to be coming out Koji Kabuto is back man I know I'm excited man with the director of of, uh, of G Gundam yeah man dang man and I just got through Gal Gygaard Jesus <laughs> But um, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Here comes a, a, another article from uh, one of our other posters, Bent Noir, and this is coming from the Super Robot Wars K, a website, and the um, actually the Super Robot War um, website and Super Robot Wars K, the release date has been changed to uh, March twentieth, so it's already come out here. <laughs> so, oh jeez! Uh, you know, if you're in Japan, you you can already get it, and uh, I'm sure some of your local shops around. Like what we have here, I'm sure they'll probably be getting it 
uh, within the next week or two. But uh, if you check the link that he put on there, there's a lot. There's a lot of screen captures, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks pretty awesome. And uh, I mean, there's seeing everything here from um, you know from Gundam, and um, you know looks like uh, Overman King Gainer. Um, nice. stuff like that so uh, looks pretty good so uh, definitely all your Super Robot Wars fans uh, check that out but um, last little article that I'm going to have here and uh, this kind of ties into something when uh, Chris was doing his interview with Adam Sheehan from Funimation in the Megacon episode Soom Guy had talked about uh, Bandai Entertainment has uploaded the first three episode of Double O uh, uncut and dubbed and subbed to YouTube and I, I remember listening to the interview that they were talking. Um, Funimation's been doing a lot of that stuff. Where they, what was it, Chris? They they tested um, Kara Gonson on YouTube. They they did a du- yeah, they did a dub test by having half did a an episode uh, dubbed, and obviously um, it's pretty unique, and and uh, nobody's really done that before. So that's kind yeah, of different so, from what Bandai's doing. Yeah, but um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that they're you know. We had heard in the past a lot of these entertainment companies and a lot of these film companies have been going after all the stuff that's being posted on YouTube. I guess they've realized that YouTube's a, a good vehicle to kind of um, you know spread the word on their shows and stuff. But yeah, they put the first three episodes uncut and dubbed and subbed on there. So uh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, maybe maybe that uh, maybe they're able to um, you know, parlay that into something more for you know to get the word out on all this stuff. But um, that's it right now for the news. Um, you know, I just want to thank everybody that had submitted a lot of articles, and there was a lot of stuff to go through. And because we took a little bit longer this time to do this episode after uh, the MegaCon episode, it's um, you know, I'm just I'm sorry that I couldn't uh, get everyone. But uh, you know, I hope that doesn't uh, discourage anybody from posting, continuing to post because a lot of these uh, articles are very good, and um, you know, they keep uh, they keep everybody kind of in the know. So. Um, that's it here, Chris. Uh, back to you. All right, and uh, we'll be right back with our first set of reviews. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Gundam you? I almost numbchucked you. You don't even realize... Striking out on finding your favorite manga, anime, or series merchandise nearby or online? Lost when it comes to finding pop music from Japan, Hong Kong, and other Asian markets? Well then, Florida Oriental Trading is here to help. If you live in the Central Florida area, head on over to the intersection of Colonial Drive and Mills Avenue near downtown Orlando. You'll find FOT right next to the CVS Pharmacy. For those who live abroad, find out more about our favorite store online at FloridaOrientalTrading.com or call them directly at area code 407-895-0650. FOT carries a large selection of merchandise such as art books, t-shirts, posters, wall scrolls, soundtracks, PVC figurines, models, and much, much more. Also, it's a great place to find imports of your favorite musical artists and the latest films from Japan, Hong Kong, and other Asian countries. Last but not least, Florida Oriental Trading is not only home to the best selection of anime on DVD in Central Florida, but there you'll find a wide variety of manga too. On top of that, all of their manga is always priced at 20% less than retail, daily. 20%. That's right, Frank. 20%. 
Florida Oriental Trading is open every day except Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You even find them open most holidays. So if you're local, stop on by and visit Quan and Debbie or give them a call at area code 407-895-0650 and give them the business. Tell them Gundam at MAHQ sent you. Walter, I love you, but sooner or later you're going to have to face the fact you're a goddamn moron. Everybody, uh, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and it's review time. We're going to be doing the next three episodes, uh, 7, 8, and 9 of Gundam 00. Start off here with episode 7, which is entitled uh, Reunion and Separation. Uh, some of the highlights that we have in this episode uh, continues from the cliffhanger of King Arthur there, trying to figure out how to push the right trigger button on the Ptolemaeus. Uh, we see that Mr. Bushido... Um, he starts. To, he fights uh, Setsna in the uh, double O for the first time, and uh, it's actually a pretty good fight with uh, Graham slicing off a couple swords. Uh, Alleluia is running, uh, flying around in the Arios, uh, yelling "Marie, Marie, Marie!" chasing Soma all around. We see a pretty good fight here. Goes on with uh, Alleluia and uh, Soma crashing onto an island. We see later on that she wakes up. Uh, she's with Alleluia. You know, and then they, they kind of have a uh, recanting of all their past there. Later on, Sergei comes and to pick up uh, Soma. And, you know, he sees her with Alleluia. And I'll, he remembers from uh, season one uh, when Alleluia helped with the uh, rescue of the people in the space elevator. And uh, he leaves them with each other and flies off. And uh, that's about it right now. Uh, what are some of you guys' thoughts on episode seven here? Well, it was. Um, I was actually quite surprised uh, how quickly Hallelujah um, and, and Marie Parfacy, as we find out, um, end up hooking up in this episode. It's, I didn't expect this to happen until later on in the series, but um, it was it was cool to actually see that come to pass so fast. Also, um, I didn't know Kevin Smith was a part of Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> dude just showed up, man. He looked like Silent uh, Bob, man. It's yeah. like, well, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jay at? But um, no, he, he that that <laughs> he came to tell he's him in about front of us. Uh, he's in front of the store. <laughs> he came to tell him about uh, I guess the other sites of Catherine that have fallen and about um, the Middle East being disassembled by the Federation. Sergey and um, Sergey and uh, Marie or um, Soma, as he knows her, have that 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 touching moment towards the end. And you know, Sergey is just cool as ice, man. He's completely cool, and it has an extremely good memory. Oh well, my God. <laughs> yeah, this this is when Sergey. I mean, if you didn't like him already in the show so far, this is when he really became uh, such a great character because you you finally see that you know as a duty he's a dutiful soldier, but he you know he also has a heart and he's not bound by all the exactly. you know all all the the customs and all that stuff when it comes to certain things and um, you know he he repaid Alleluia for helping him back in season one there. So. How he remembered his voice is beyond me, but then again, um. I guess he heard him again when they when they fought. Papa Bear Man, he remembers all. Papa Bear Man, his memory is tight, son. (laughs) And of course, um, shippers rejoice because um, Alleluia and um, Marie finally get together. So I can hear the fan fiction being written right now. (laughs) Well, Solbar, what about uh, the failing of King Arthur? Oh man, I I didn't want to talk about that, but I will. (laughs) Now, Saji, um, Saji freaked the heck out, man. He he freaked out, and um, he didn't fire off a shot and. 
Louise, uh, Louise almost killed them all, but he becomes useful. Uh, he, he helps uh, Ian, you know, work on the ship. You know, he's not completely useless. Yeah, so he's a he little mechanic bitch, that's all. Uh, well, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> and basically, basically, he's no better than a Haro, and actually the Haros are more useful than he is. Ouch. Ouch, yeah. man, don't say that, man. That's hurtful. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Well, um, yeah, Saji aside, um, <laughs> he, hopefully he'll step up in later Fs, but um, also um, Tyria met his match this episode, man. It kind of left us on that cliffhanger. I thought that was um, intriguing oh, yeah. when he meets Regine Rajata or Regetta. But other than that, I can go on all day. Chris, what were your thoughts? I, I wish I had a dime for every time I heard uh, the name uh, Marie said this episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Marie prophecy. Like, especially this one string, it's like, Marie, 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 Marie. What makes it worse, it's Marie, Marie, hi. It's not even Marie. It's Marie, hi. Uh. Oh yeah, this is the episode where um we find out about Big Bad Hallelujah too, man. When he kills all those kids on the ship, he has a little um flashback about that. Yeah, I thought that was Wait. pretty interesting to you know show in more detail, like uh, you know what the connection is between Soma and Hallelujah, and uh, mm-hmm. show the truth of that whole incident that they kept showing parts of in season one of you yeah. know all those super soldier kids on that uh, spaceship. And uh, as for Sergey, you know, it, again, it just shows the kind of character that he is that. You know, he's not just someone who's blinded by uh, duty duty or who the enemy is. You know, he has human compassion, and, and he remembers Hallelujah from, you know, the time five years ago that he saved that uh, space station. So he paid him back for that and also, you know, wanted to give Soma a chance to, you know, be happy. I thought that was a very good uh, defining moment for his character. Very much so. Anything uh, else on this episode, guys? Azizistan right. almost gets wiped off the map. Bark is no longer. Marina finds out that uh, it, it it's pretty much got just taken over by the Federation. Yeah, and she um she has a little episode right there. But other than that, I thought it was a solid episode, and and a lot of things came to light in this episode that we've been wondering about a long time, and I thought it was pretty good. Well, I guess that'll bring us to episode eight and uh, Solbro. Oh man, go ahead with some of the fine points of episode eight. We're for talking us. about purifying distortion. Oh man. Well, um, the uh, episode picks up right where um episode seven left off, where um Regine um talks to Thierry about his pretty much his 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 purpose, which is being an innovator and guiding humanity into the next phase of its uh existence. But Thierry is completely shell shocked as he dro- as um Regine drops the heavy um stuff on him, and after that uh he leaves him pretty much all by himself to contemplate what he said other than that um hallelujah uh, has a new bunkmate he brings uh marie on board the ship while tiaria he pretty much is just contemplating his whole existence this episode and um he has a moment where he actually sees lock on in this app and <laughs> he um he, he it's a guy daigoji moment to say the least eventually um they decide to um crash a party that uh the federation is having and tiaria and setsuna volunteer to go because tiaria has some questions to ask the people who are behind the distortion and and Setsuna goes comes along for the ride, and ultimately Tiaria attends the party in drag, which is of course an amusing scene, uh, <laughs> and becomes comes face to face with ribbons, who I like to call little boy blue ribbons, if you see how he's dressed, <laughs> and um, they have a nice little dialogue as they dance together, and eventually it comes to a head where uh, Tiaria gets to the whole four on one on what's going on and what Ribbon's plan is, and narrowly escapes 
along with um, Setsuna, who has a run-in with Luis. He's found out to be with Celestial Being, and Luis connects the dots about him being a Celestial Being and the effect that it had on her life. Other than that, uh, it's pretty much a, 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 a more of a character development episode, and I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts about it? Well, you forgot that at the end we have the cliffhanger of uh, oh, yeah. Prince oh, Ali showing up. Mad so. Dog Ali, man. Yeah, That's I don't know right. how you can forget that guy. But um, <laughs> I, th- this is just that episode of... Um, I don't know why the Gundam cliche has been created of one of the pilots has to uh, cross-dress. Um, I'm just really not into that. I, I, I understand why they did it, but I don't know. It was just a little little too much there. But, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see. Um, you know, there, there's a bigger thing going on with the Federation and A-Laws. And then, of course, um, you know, Setsuna being uh, spotted there uh, by Luis and you know it's once again we get a little bit more about what the innovators are they're starting to talk about how Terry and Regine share their DNA and you know they start talking about how the the innovators now are are supposed to execute Alia Schoenberg's plans so um, a lot of the questions that we've been kind of asking ever since pretty much season one and especially the beginning of season two where um, you know now that we have the the innovators have really kind of uh, shown up and and the idea behind you know what their purpose is and what their purpose is with the plan but um pretty good episode you know like i said like you said there are a lot of a lot of kind of good uh character developing things and um you know ending up with the appearance of old prince ali so <laughs> you know some shenanigans are gonna start coming out of there but uh chris what's uh, some of your thoughts on this episode eight here well obviously for one uh Tyria joins a very exclusive club along with the likes of uh loran and judo oh yeah i was waiting for that hey i got a question before <laughs> you guys i'm i'm currently re-watching turn a regine is loran. is that the same loran okay yes. that's what i thought okay all right continue <laughs> so yes uh, they, he, he's part of that uh, exclusive club now <laughs> what do you get in that club i wonder <laughs> weird guys hitting on you yeah and a victoria's secret um uh, club card <laughs> i still think I, I still think it was the creepiest with judo because of uh that that guy from that tiger colony so. oh he wanted and he wanted some of that too boy Whew. well that that was pretty creepy and then with the uh, loran you know you had um gwyn kind of having like the hots for him that whole series and then in double o you got uh uh, that punk Michael saying, like, man, it's a shame Thierry is a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wow. Oh, really? boy. Really? <laughs> Good thing that guy's dead. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. he would have seen this and he'd be like, I don't care if you're a guy. I'm going to screw you anyway. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> but uh, definitely, uh, I liked in this episode, there's some, some mysteries are explained in terms of uh, the innovators. And, you know, it's just great seeing this uh, tense confrontation between Thierry and Ribbons. And of course, we see uh, Ribbons's counterpart uh, Hilling show oh, yeah, up. Right. Yeah. And, and Hilling, Hilling is a guy, right? No, it's a chick. It's a, it's chick. a chick. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, watching that episode again, I was wondering. But um, what's well, that's the um, isn't that the pattern? What one is woman, one is man? No. When it, it, no, the majority of them are male. Really, yeah, it, it, they brought it kept that looking up. like it was. It must be just the top level uh, innovators get yeah. their own uh, female or male clones. I guess it, I guess that brings a count up to two, uh, uh, two artificial innovators. Uh, well, I can't say one of them right now because we give away too much. But healing would definitely be one. But um, what about uh, my man Patty? The return of Big Pimpin', man. Patrick Collisar, man. He came back this episode. Finally <laughs> showed up, man. You know who was excited to see him? Kati. Not really. No, <laughs> excitement would would not be the word. <laughs> and, and and he got the t- he got he has a nickname Collisar the Cockroach. So man, Saji Saji can't be cockroach now, man. 
I, I I don't know what to say. He was um Patrick's quite proud of his um his nickname, although um it's not really um it's not really flattering. <laughs> and that ribbons that ribbons can dance, man. He can he can dance, man. He almost took out um Terrier during that dance. There's just this one smooth scene where he shocks the crap out of Terrier while they're dancing. Terrier sli- almost breaks a heel. <laughs> and Ribbon scoops her up. I him up. I'm sorry. Hey, that was bad. That was that was in bad form. If you uh, <laughs> if you dress that fancy, you got to have the skills to back it up. So, yeah. yeah. And it's funny too because it's like dancing with the the former Gundam leads, right? <laughs> Seeing those two dance there. That's right. Yeah, because of but. Well, well, the the voice of Tierra. Oh, that's uh, right. I'm sorry. I'm all right. confused But now. speaking of the voice, man, Tierra Tierra could be one hell of a voice actor, man. He was doing a female's voice like it was nobody's business. <laughs> Nothing is impossible for Mr. Despair. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, man. right. He impresses me every day, man. And and uh, there's one rule in this episode, man. Never talk crap about Lock-On, man. Because Tiara oh, yeah. will kill you. <laughs> that is indeed true. He, do, he doesn't take kindly to uh, to anyone talking about uh, Neil DeLandy. Do not blaspheme. <laughs> Neil DeLandy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was an exciting episode. A lot of character development and... Um, what about uh Psycho Louise? Psycho Louise, man. She, <laughs> she, she had an episode, and then my man Billy, he had um. I mean, my my my, my boy Billy, he, he he caught sight of Setson um in his driving Miss Daisy outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy is a celestial being, and then Louise is like, "What?" But that was Setson, his neighbor, and then and then they must have been on it together. <laughs> Give me my pills. I need my pills. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, that's right. She was grabbing for the um yeah, she's her, her, her pills, man. Her prescription, man. From the yeah. Gundam pharmacist. Beautiful. <laughs> she always looks like she's about to run out, man. She's always pulling out two pills. It looks like the box is about to be empty. <laughs> Every time. That's that's cause uh, you know, Rao always keeps his prescription up to date and has a whole bunch of spare boxes, but I guess Hell she yeah. doesn't. Yeah, Raul always had. He had, always had plenty of pills. And Sweet. and that Igloo guy, I mean, he just pops them like Tic Tacs, so he just buys them off a corner illegal pharmacy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would do that, wouldn't he? <laughs> he, he, just, he just kept eating them, so there was no chance of a, of, of a letdown. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, unless you have yeah. any further comments, uh, we should move nope. on to Episode 9, Unerasable Past. We've got the cliffhanger from the last episode. It picks up with... Ali in the Arch Gundam, uh, pretty much easily wiping the floor with uh, Setsuna and Tiaria until uh, some backup arrives, forcing him to escape. The Ptolemaeus bailout. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, back yeah. at the, uh, the, the party, you've got um, Ribbons explaining that he wants Celestial Being to be around because the more active they are, the more it supports the, uh, the more it justifies the existence of A-laws and it yeah. increases their support in the public. And then you got Regine positing about uh, the twin drive system and um, you know, Ribbons is like, whatever, that's a bunch of crap, but uh, obviously we know that's that's not true. We've got the Gundams and the Ptolemaeus deciding to head back into space, so obviously uh, A-Laws wants to close in a net around them and uh, that dork Lint has one of his stupid plans, but basically oh, Revive completely shows him up, says like, no, you're a moron, this is how you do it. And uh, since he's such a dick, Caddy happily agrees with uh, with that and, and goes with uh, Revive's plan. So we've got Lyle Delandy hearing the whole story about how Neil was killed. And uh, we got Setsuna revealing that one of the boys from his little terrorist group that he failed to stop from going on a suicide bombing mission was the suicide bomber who killed the Delandys. 
Wow, small world. Yeah. yeah. So he's blaming himself for that, but Lyle's telling him like, you know, couldn't have changed anything, and you know, they got to fight for the future and not the past. We got uh, Mr. Bushido paying a visit oh, yeah. to uh, Billy and uh, explaining that uh, nickname is just some stupid thing that people gave him. It's the first tacit reference to uh, Mr. Bushido being uh, Graham because Billy starts to call him Graham and then stops. And, of course, Graham has shown up because he wants a custom mobile suit with the fastest speed and the fastest sword. And he knows who his pimp is to come and get that from. Who would have knew? <laughs> exactly. So uh, you got the Ptolemaeus attempting to escape Earth before Alaws closes in on them. And, you know, a battle happens. You know, a whole bunch of Trilobites come out, but they all get stomped. Things seems to be going well for them until uh, Revive hits them with a little shot broadside from his GN Mega Launcher and oh, knocks man. them off course while they're trying to escape, which is the exact opposite of the typical Gundam cliche. Where <laughs> exactly. The ship is trying to come to Earth, gets knocked off course, and ends up in an area filled with enemies. This is the opposite. They're trying to escape, <laughs> and now they find themselves being attacked by an ALOS orbital fleet. So, of course, they manage to escape from that, which causes Caddy to uh, send a message to Ptolemaeus congratulating the tactics of Lisa Cujo. So, of course, everybody on the bridge is like, who the hell is that? But uh, Sumeragi knows because it's her. Oh, this kind of harkens back to her and, and Kadi being uh, in college and, you know, that, that whole friendly fire incident. Yeah. Of course, at the end, we see Ian and uh, his hot wife, Linda, having a look at the uh, the Zero Riser, which uh, he says will uh, make the double O Gundam undefeatable. Mid-season season upgrade. Oh, no. Pretty much. <laughs> so what did you guys think about the episode? Pretty good episode. I mean, like you said, uh, it was kind of interesting to uh, see the the whole different take of um, you know getting knocked off course. You know, instead of a, a, a descending to Earth, this was ascending out of Earth. You know, we also have to have the obligatory underwater battle with the uh, underwater mobile suits uh, versus the Gundams and all that. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, other than that, it's it, it's a pretty good episode. Kind of verifies with the whole thing with ribbons. You know, as much as he hates a or as much as he hates celestial being. He's, you know, he talks about the necessity of having them because they are they are needed for the overall plan, well, his overall plan of, uh, you know, basically taking over the world. Of course, uh, you know, seeing beginning with Prince Ali uh, getting him some in the beginning, and you know, thank God for backup because uh, I think if that fight would have went on five minutes longer, um, <laughs> there'd probably only be about two. Uh, There'd be two Gundams left. And and, and the, the show wouldn't be called Gundam It wouldn't be called Double O. It would be called Mobile Suit Caradim Gundam. <laughs> Caradim Arios and uh, Arios Archer. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then, and then once again, the whole thing with uh, Kati, you know, um, you, you could see... Even though there's somewhat of a rivalry between her and Sumeragi, you know, you know, there's still a lot of respect, and you know, because they were friends from college and everything like that, it it, it kind of really shows kind of human nature. Where just like Sergey, you know, she she's a dutiful officer, but she's not blindly, you know, going along with everything that uh, you know the military is wanting her to do, and you know, and she she knows when to you know acknowledge greatness or acknowledge something good when she sees it. So. Um, you know, but re- really good episode. Um, that's about it, though. But and if there's any other uh, Delandy family members that are still alive, I think Porsetsa is going to have to recant the whole story about being in the uh, <laughs> terrorist group that killed uh, they killed Neil and uh, Lyle's parents. But oh my um, gosh. 
Yeah. Memoirs of a Suicide Bomber. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other than that, you know, what? So, Solbro, any thoughts of uh, episode nine? It was good to see the old riser not be a schematic anymore, but be, you know, the finally see <laughs> or, it. Or line art. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Which I remember seeing, like, way before they finally showed it in the show. Um, also, it was good to see the Duke boys reunite, man. Freaking um, Graham and Billy. Oh. It was good to see them, man. I was almost expecting Waylon Jennings to start talking. But what are you talking about? Mr. Bushido is a totally oh, 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 new man. character. Oh, oh, he's absolutely new. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm mistaken. <laughs> Graham Aker is dead. Oh, my God. Long, long been. <laughs> and um, Setsuna got to play a uh, third-wheel messenger to um, Saji about um, seeing Louise and, 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 and lying to him somewhat. <laughs> No. Oh, so, she's doing good. Yeah, she's doing great with uh, you know the panic attacks and 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 mm-hmm. bill popping and, and the craziness. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, and uh, let me leave out the, the fact that she's got a fake hand now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and also um, Luisa extrapolates yet again about her um her circumstances and and how Setsuna ties into her fate and him being with celestial being. Good fun, good fun. And um, Ka- how Kati um realized it was um. Lisa Cujo, that um, after all that time was really cool. I I, I got to give her props for uh, figuring out her um, her strategies and knowing who she was. But I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I like um, I like as I mentioned it during the summary that that mm-hmm. asshole Lint getting shown up. Oh yeah, basically put in his place. It's like what Definitely. goes around and comes around when he first showed up and he's all in in Cotty's face like, yeah, you couldn't do the job, so I'm gonna do it my way. And then of course he instantly proceeded to fail, but he's still so smug and thinks like he's so special with his like stupid tactics but he's really nothing rubbed his face in poop that's what they did <laughs> pretty much pretty much all right i guess that'll wrap that up for uh, this uh, batch of uh, three episodes seven eight and nine of gundam double o and uh, we'll be back in a little bit you're listening to gundam and mhq i'm in the gundam pta Ellen, yo, her show gets Love mad Ellen. ratings. Ellen's she's, cool, man. I ain't got no beef. You watch so her show, it's like, oh, I can see why people like her show. And she's mm-hmm. all right. But I'll be honest with you. Ellen has better guests on her show than Oprah does. Yeah, I'd rather f*** Ellen than Rosie. <laughs> well, that, that's, yeah, that's hey, 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 true. Think about that shit. She For a second. That's true. Not, that's true. not much of Think about that shit. For a stretch. That is not a stretch at all. Me, personally, I just stay home and masturbate to the wall. Well, o- Oprah's. I've been doing that for the past few months. <laughs> They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. I know you. And I know when you got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, right? You tell me. You done lost your dumb damn mind. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MHQ, and we are about to start what probably is going to be the most infamous segment of Gundam Roundup ever. That's right, it's uh, number 18, Gundam Seed Destiny. Oh, yeah. Yes, you've all been waiting for it, you've all been anticipating it, you've all been fearing it, it's here. More infamous <laughs> than, uh, than G-Savior? More infamous than G Savior. It's infamous, sir, even though that's not a word. It cannot be, man. And uh, joining us to uh, help make this extremely infamous is uh, hater number one, Austin. Say hello, Austin. What's up, guys? Are you, you are remember you, Austin from Seed? Are you sipping, segment? Are you sipping your soda that you sure somebody spit in, dude? <laughs> man, I check all my drinks for spit. Oh, man, every day, man. Every day. Austin's like the armor of NT1 of. Uh, the seed universe, it seems like. No, Austin is the guy who will spit in your drink. Sweet. <laughs> or perhaps your popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Making bomb threats at the Special Olympics, man. I'm so happy Bandai made a. I'm so happy that Bandai made a series just for me to bitch about. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's get things rolling here uh, with a very brief summary because. Honestly, if you're listening to this show, you don't really need us to tell you what Destiny is about. But then again, that's a whole different can of worms, saying what Destiny actually is about. But let's just jump into it. So, Seed obviously was a big success when it uh, premiered in 2002. And uh, not surprisingly, you know, in mid-2004, Sunrise announced a sequel, Gundam Seed Destiny, which was going to pick up two years after uh, Seed. And kind of like the contrast of original Gundam to Zeta Gundam, it was going to focus on uh, a new set of characters with a new hero, but it would also feature some characters from the first series in prominent roles. So in your basic setup, you got, you know, a very uneasy world piece, and uh, Zapt has been building a whole bunch of new crap, new Gundams, new mobile suits, new spaceships, and uh, they're about to unveil their new flagship Minerva when um, there's a Gundam Jack, big surprise, and uh, three Gundams get stolen from uh, the Zaft military uh, plant Armory 1, and big surprise, just like in Seed, the three Gundams that get stolen are all evil looking. Oh no. And the one that doesn't get stolen by virtue of the fact that it was on the Minerva is the heroic red, white, and blue Impulse Gundam piloted by our new main character, Shin Asuka, who uh, lost his family during the orb battle in the first seed and is very angry. So the show actually gets off to a thrilling start with you know Shin jumping in and taking on these three Gundams. Atherin Zala from the first series, he's there in Azaku, holding up pretty well. You mean Alex Dino? Yes, Alex Dino. <laughs> who doesn't? Who isn't Atherin in any way and wouldn't be recognized by anyone at all as being Atherin because he's wearing sunglasses? Ray Bans. <laughs> Stole. He's, he's, Stole he's going for the the, the 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 Quattro Bagina approach. <laughs> Which kind of makes even less sense given that he, you know, was a high-ranking pilot in the last war and he was the son of yeah. a former chairman. So you'd think his face would be well-known, but apparently not. Yeah. No, don't have to get a different haircut. Just uh, put on those sunglasses and nobody knows who the hell you are. <laughs> he was the face of the movement, man, and yet he could get away with it. That's amazing. A couple hundred dollar sunglasses and you're good, man. You're good. Don't need a facelift. <laughs> no face off. 
So you got, uh, you know, Shin and, and Atherin uh, joining forces. They're chasing after these stolen Gundams. And then some coordinator terrorists, they take a piece of the ruined plant Unia 7 and drop it on Earth. And even though it gets broken up, a whole bunch of fragments destroy tons of places all over the, the world. The Vatican, uh, parts of China, parts of America. Every part of the world gets massively devastated. So uh, a whole bunch of rabid naturals led by a guy named Jabril use this as an opportunity to start yet another war to try to exterminate all the coordinators. And uh, basically the good guys this time are Zaft, led by Chairman Gilbert Durandal, who uh, is very effectively voiced in the Japanese dub by Shuichi Ikeda, a.k.a. Shara's novel. Oh, man. And you've got, uh, you know, Kira and all his buddies there hiding on an orb. And they get drawn into the story when Lachis gets attacked and Freedom comes out and starts owning everybody. Unfortunately, this is where everything kind of starts going wrong, at least in my opinion, because um, you got Kira and his team on the Archangel interfering in more and more of the battles that are going on. And later on in the show, it kind of gets to the point where Kira is sort of back to being the main star. And whenever he shares an episode with Shin... Shin starts to get portrayed as sort of like the antagonist, sort of like a, like a Jared Mesa Jr., <laughs> whereas uh, Kira is the shining light of, of all that is holy and pure. And then by the end of the series, you've got uh, Shin sort of just de- degenerated into a very angry, you know, uh, Jared Mesa too. And in the final battle, uh, he gets his ass kicked totally by Athrin, and uh, basically loses, and then, uh, you know, Kira slices stuff up, and a whole bunch of stuff explodes, and Durandal dies, and peace is restored thanks to uh, Kira and his uh, amazing friends who have, in the TV show, a complete flawless victory. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I think it changed a little bit in the final plus, didn't it? It changed a little in the final plus because one of the black tri-stars, quote-unquote, from this series... Yeah. Uh, gets damaged a bit, but otherwise that's... Was it Matilda? The Matilda, Matilda wannabe? Matilda was It was, it was, it was <laughs> Matilda. Okay. M- M- Matilda Harlock? Yes. Oh, no. Hey, Chris, so, I think you should let them know that the last episode was so bad that they had to. Be. Yeah, they had to because it was... Well, we'll get to that in a minute, so... Um, <laughs> Let, let's uh, let's start broadly, and then we'll get into the more specific. I'll kick it to Austin since he's our guest. Broadly, what did you think of the series as a whole, including Final Plus, but for the moment, not Special Edition? When I first watched the series with its original ending, and with that ending, I hated the series. When they did Final Plus, I actually thought it was a good ending, and therefore I, I put the series back up to, like, I gave it, like, a 7 out of 10. Wow. Uh, well, mainly pretty, though, I, it, it, that last episode saved it so badly. Yeah, it, it did. It, it, I it agree. saved the entire series. I've never seen that before. It happened. <laughs> it happened. I was shocked. But I mean, mainly, let's see. I couldn't. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I did. I never liked Shin Asuka as the main character. I feel that they could have done a lot. They, they could have done something differently, especially with his character, because you know he didn't like. I mean, hit with him. He didn't like. He hated how the war was. Uh, it killed his family and so forth. So that tells me that you know you'd stay away from it, not join a military. You know, not join the military. It makes no sense to me. Um, also, I feel that you know he should have never left Orb. It would have been. It would have made more sense if he was you know part of the Orb army and then got yeah. you know you know 
got you know recruited by you know Gil and Ray because you know they said the right things. They made him feel the you know they made him feel whole and all so forth. And then he jumped over the zap. That would have made so much sense to me if he if he had done that. Everything he would have done after that would have been justifiable and so forth. So, well, I here's mean, the thing uh, about your comment. You know, one of the themes about this series is the the quest for power and how you use it. And yeah. the whole thing about Shin was he felt that his family died because he didn't have power yeah. and he wanted power, which was why he joined Zaft and he felt betrayed by Orb. Right, right. And I also feel that, like, you know, a lot of his anger is directed to the wrong people. I mean, especially yeah. when, you know, he himself was to blame for most of the things that were happening. Like the Stella incident, where she was killing all the coordinators and Kira had to, you know, take her out. It was his fault. He delivered her back to the, you know, to the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Alliance. Earth, you know, Earth, yeah, the Earth Alliance. And it, it made no sense. And then, like, you know, he's blaming Kira for her death, where, you know, he saved the little people. He even probably saved his ship that was being targeted by, you know, the lasers at the last second. The thing on that, though, is um, I understand what you're saying, but I will kind of defend on this point. His whole hatred was the freedom, because that was the last thing he saw before his parents, his family got killed. So... I can kind of understand to an extent where he would have like kind of temporary insanity when he sees the freedom. Not exactly, because the in the first episode, they made it seem like uh, you know the shot that killed his family was fired by freedom, but you never exactly see it. Well, and later, I they kind that. of obs- yeah. they kind of obscured that <laughs> shot to make it yeah. look a little bit different. And on top of that. You never in the series see Shin make the connection of freedom is the one that, uh, you know, killed my family. His hatred of the freedom is based solely on what's going on in the present, like it killing Stella, it getting in the way of all these battles, uh, Heine getting killed because of the freedom. His hatred is only on current events. He never makes the connection about the past, and the series deliberately obfuscates what it originally showed of making it look like freedom was the one that fired the killer shot. Right. Yeah, I'm not also, saying he, he completely yeah. blamed it, but I I don't know. It, it it that's the impression that I always got. And plus, it represented Orb, and you know he 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 thought Orb didn't protect his family, so you know he he held them responsible. How would you? I, 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 what would you think he would feel uh, if he found out that you know Kira was Kagali's brother? Because <laughs> <laughs> they no one ever no one uh, no one else knows about that yeah. except a handful of people a handful of uh, people. Also, another thing I didn't like about the series was that um, I think it had the most recap shows I've ever seen in my life. Had, <laughs> yeah, no had, doubt. Had, even even more have, than like, C. Exactly, it had to have at least six or seven recaps. I don't know. It's just like I. Well, well, well let's <laughs> let's, was, let's let's not forget they had an an extra episode called Gundam Seed Edited. That was actually intended to be in a recap, and along with all the other recaps that you had throughout other episodes. And here, I mean, when that episode aired, I thought that we'd get off lucky and yeah. have a non-numbered episode. That's what I thought. Just too. be a cliff show. Well, no, that's not how it worked. Right? That was like was ep- around episode fifteen, but it's not a numbered episode. So yeah, I thought, oh, we're 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 cool. We're not going to get any clip shows in this <laughs> show like this. They did a non-numbered episode. That's fine. It's not going to affect the total count. Yeah. Boy, was I ever wrong! Because like yeah. five episodes later, they did an actual clip show. Yeah, I got, I got. Then a few episodes that after that, too. they did another. Then a few I... episodes after that, they did another. And then in the last freaking four episodes of the show, they do a sixty percent clip show. Yeah, about you know Mirror yeah. Campbell. The Mirror, the Mirror episode was just a, a clip show. I was like looking at, it. I was like, oh my god. And it had no relevance 
it really had no relevance with that minor of a character. I mean, it was like, wow. The entire Gundam Seed Destiny project was just a complete mess. Um, another thing I didn't like was um, a lot of the, it was like a lot of the character placement. Like, you know, yeah, you're right. Kira should have never been the main focus. They should have focused on Shin. And they didn't. They, 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 they kept on jumping back and forth, jump back and forth. They couldn't make it well, alive. There was also sloppiness too, like when um, Strike Freedom became Freedom a couple of times there, and I think then Impulse, Impulse turned into Strike. strike yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a pretty well-known uh, picture of um, there's a couple of you know uh, circulated like sets of screenshots of Providence's uh, yeah. Dragoon attacks being recycled by um, Legend and Akatsuki. Yeah. Yeah. And a battle between. Freedom and Providence being turned into like a whole bunch of battles between other suits, mm-hmm. and it's just like there's just countless examples of combat being exactly the same, and then just being recycled with a different background or the colors of the suit changed, or whatever. And that's another thing that gets me, which is sort of like the laziness of this series because there's so much stock footage used that it's it's instantly identifiable. It's like you know exactly. I mean, when you watch a show long enough, you know exactly when it is. They're using stock footage like, um, yeah. you know, Atherin's transformation spamming of Savior or, yeah. you know, Kira doing some kind of trick or later when Atherin gets infinite justice when he does the flipping upside down kick away the boomerang thing. Yeah. <laughs> to the point yeah. that in the last battle, a lot of the combat that you see in the last battle in space is just recycled from... The, episode, the battles they had in Orb no less than five episodes earlier. Oh, yep. Chris, if you look closely, you could probably see Orb in the background when you're doing that in space. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, in the TV series, <laughs> when they left in that uh, Strike Freedom turning into Freedom, which did get fixed for the special edition. Yeah. yeah. I think the major thing, I, I think another thing that really got me, like, going, oh my god, it's like, at first they had gotten me with this when they brought back, you know, they brought back Moo. But then after a while, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Bringing him back doesn't make the show any better. It's just well, it's still crap. I, I will. I will. This is one of my biggest problems with the with that that plot device or storyline or whatever. I still think the best way of doing it was having him. If you were going to have him like become Mula Flogger or have his, uh, you know, have his memories, they've already established that cloning was in this universe. Exactly. Why, could, why couldn't they just say that when they were in Alaska, they got some DNA off him, they cloned him, you know, because he was the best pilot, and then there's that whole that whole ethical question of, you know, is a clone actually the person it's a clone of or whatever? And that would have made a lot more, you know, a lot a lot more dramatic. And then and then it would help the whole thing with Captain Romulus because she's like, well, you know, it's it's kind of like the um, Neil Lyle felt thing in Double O. It's like he looks the same, he sounds the same, but is he the same? You know? And, no, I'm not the clone. You know, and that I just. <laughs> That you know, saying that he survived a battleship cannon hitting the the uh, the, the strike. I mean, the strike was a pretty awesome suit, and it saved everybody. You know, it, everybody. It wasn't that awesome. It wasn't that awesome, though. I mean, it, it exploded. <laughs> and and doing something lame like digitally removing the helmet floating in space yeah. in the special edition is not enough to plausibly explain how he survived that. Yeah. You know what though? And another thing. Look, I. I it's not even physically possible for him to survive that. Like you, you see, you Andy, he he got he he he's missing a leg, he's missing an arm, he has yeah. a horribly face. This guy only has like a scra- like a scratch in his face. That's it. Well, he's got like and scars he, he, he all over. A, 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 a little a little scratch on his pretty face. Yeah. He, he took a laser and, and he grew long hair after that. 
He, yeah. he took a laser to the free. You know, I mean, he took a big well, ass laser. That's not like, only, you know, not only that, but they were in space. So if you get yeah. one rip in the in the pilot suit, exactly, you're done. At least Andy Waldfeld, they were on Earth. We've seen p people, you know, in, in worse shape survive things. So okay, yeah. Made a and you can argue sense. that since his girlfriend died and she was jumping towards him to like embrace she him, shielded him, yeah. that she shielded him path. and took the brunt of the blast, but he didn't escape unscathed himself. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it proves. I mean, if they prove it right there, I mean, you see him missing. He's missing limbs. It's like yeah, I can so, believe that. Yeah, even though Andy was a character resurrection, <laughs> he at least paid the price for that move. Yeah, exactly. Got off, you know, without a hitch. Like I said, I mean, it, it would have been just having him as as a clone and maybe having the same issue that LaCruce had. You know, he's he's aging, he's having the problems, but it just made no sense to say, oh, this is the actual guy. I mean, that you know, and and you you could have even said when you know when the Minerva shot its uh, cannon at him, you know, if he was the clone, okay, maybe he has the flashback of that when he died, you know. But see, that would have been a lot more interesting than the way they did it. It was just a complete cop out. Rich, you know, I was hoping the whole time. You know, you know, after talking, after mentioning Crusade, I was rewatching the series a few a few weeks ago. I finally, I think I finally made sense of his entire predicament, like his uh, the reason why he's taking all the pills and so. And oh. I was like, you know. Way I thought about it now, it kind of made sense. It's like you know, because technically they used the, they were using uh, the DNA from this guy's father. Right. So like he's already old. I mean, he's like already full grown, and you know, yeah. the, the, I think the whole coordinator process works is when you get it like before the thing develops. It has you know, you, it well, has to, yeah. before like you know you can make up the DNA timeline now, and it's like you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense why this guy's doing that because you know they forced the coordinator on like you know a 45 year old DNA. So, right. Yeah. And this is probably why he's do going through all that crap now. And it's the same thing with Ray. Yeah. And I think it's something they should have explained during the series. Well, and that's something well, else. They there's do. a lot. There's a lot of things that both yeah. of these series should have explained. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we hear a bit from Adam? Because he's he's been uh, hiding he's, in the shadows this whole time. He's been busily writing something. I now, have been writing so. a laundry list of stuff here. Um, I'm I'm gonna run through it. Well, <laughs> if you're, is your laundry list ready, or should we come back to you? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna just Please run go down ahead. things at random. This is in no particular order. Things I hated and liked about the show. Um. Let's start with the Archangel. That, um, throughout the course of the show, became the ship of Super Friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and onsens. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Shin was so underdeveloped. And I'll, I'll talk about him for a moment because, unlike Austin, I loved Shin at the beginning of the show. He was exactly what he should have been. He was, he was hateful. He was angsty. He hated war. He himself became a weapon of destruction. And I thought he would, I thought he would, I was about to curse. I thought he would actually catch on to this somewhere throughout the course of the show. Like in the third act, oh my God, I've become exactly what I hated. There was a part of me that didn't want to see him have a redemption. I wanted him to because his character desperately needed it. It would have put him back in the spotlight. It would have brought the story back to him. And it would have brought the whole story full circle. And they could have yeah. saved that at the end of the show. I mean, granted, a lot, a lot of people hated him. And I understand he is a character that's not likable. Which I loved about him because he is a Gundam lead that pissed you off. But at the same time was interesting because they had an interesting beginning. Then the series does nothing with him at all. And that's the biggest tragedy of this show. It, it so upset me. And, 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 me, me, and Neo, me and Neo, we watched the show intently to see him break out of this. As much as we love to see Kira and Atherin have the spotlight because we like those characters from the first show, um, sh this was Shin's show. 
it was intent. It was his show, and it was completely, completely robbed of him. And I just, I as you guys said, it was mismanagement of the of the, of the script writing team. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they completely turned this show into fan fiction. It's it's, it's like when I hear people talk <laughs> about much. yeah. They, when I hear people talk about that fourth Twilight book, I have no interest in Twilight, but I can feel with them because I've experienced this myself in a franchise I love, Gundam. When you get this fourth season with such a kick-ass premise, and then by the middle of the second act, you get that sinking feeling where it's like oh my god we're running out of time nothing's happening what are they doing and then and we your get... show gets hijacked by mary sue and gary stew yeah, exactly and i i don't know what to say not not to monopolize all the time i'll just run down the rest of these um atherin completely regressed throughout the course of the show um and that's <laughs> that was my favorite character in the series still even though he became a a, 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 a sack of play-doh kagali oh my god what the hell happened <laughs> She became. She, hey, I, I don't. Hey, I don't. I don't even recognize her I, in that show. Her alone. I really don't. She's going through puberty right now. Please. Okay? <laughs> alone, right? But but Adam uh-huh. Kagali is crying. Why can't you understand that? Man, she was. There was the tough ass tomboy from the first show. Yep. I mean, what what happened? I mean, she was so cool, and then she just. This became is why a we joke. can't have women in power anymore. They turn into bitches. And, Whoa! And and, and, and and oh damn, damn. The, the views of Austin Blake are not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't say all. Gundam at MHQ. I didn't say all that. You just meant that she got, she got, she got real wishy-washy. I'm sorry, I'm man. She, she went and got, she turned in charge, and she turned to Hillary Clinton, where she couldn't do Ooh. anymore. Oh, <laughs> damn! Complete with pantsuit. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think, I think Hillary Clinton and and maybe Nancy Pelosi and a whole bunch of women would disagree with you. Yeah. Susie Orman, son, she'll break your neck. She's so let's let's keep our let's right. keep our complaints to fake people that don't exist oh, rather than. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Moo. Um, I liked him. I I I I like I that Moo came back. I'm with Neo on that. He should have came back as a clone. Yeah. Um, that would have been a, more far more interesting. Um, he oh, was I'm all- not the clone. You're the clone. <laughs> Clones was, make he, everything better. He he was he was he was excellent as Neo Lorna, and I loved him as that character. Uh, Locus and Kira, no development. I can't even believe they were screwing because they probably weren't. <laughs> You know what's funny? In Seed, him and Flay had a real close relationship. And I bought that relationship a lot more than I ever bought Locus and Kira. And as much as I like Locus, I didn't feel the love there like I felt with, you know, crazy ass Flay and Kira. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Him uh, and Flay, him and Flay had a relationship of convenience. They yeah. just needed and it was screwed up because they were both screwed up at the time. And one, she blamed him. And she wanted him to die. And when, while she was screwing him, she wanted him secretly to die. Like the Joker and Harley Quinn, it was mad love, dude. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm saying. There's, there was some. There was passion there. There was passion. You could feel it. And granted, she yeah, was Sol, using him. Solbro Sol is right on this one because yeah. they, you're talking two years, and yeah, two, it, it seemed like they still just kind of met. They opened up an orphanage, and, 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 and all Kira did was sit on the porch. I like them too from the from the original show. Oh, but yeah. hey, 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 hey it, it worked. Just... It, it worked for Camille. He was just like what dazed and confused. Camille got brain raped. That's, that's, yeah. that's entirely different. Yeah, Camille had piloted himself retarded. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and double Zeta, double Zeta t- uh, took after you know five minutes after the final battle of mm-hmm. uh, Zeta. So you know you didn't have enough time to sit there and talk. But 
All right, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna blast through these. Um, the savior, the destruction of the savior. That was inexcusable. Um, I cried. <laughs> I cried. I cried for that. Um, I cried, man. That was too pretty. The, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Atherin. Um, he had more involvement in the last uh, remixed episode. Um, the, when they remixed the final episode, which I liked because they gave him more closure to his character. But um, it was still the scars were still there from the original version of that. Um, the destruction of the freedom. Another inexcusable act. And then they replaced it with the strike freedom. What? <laughs> Wait, are you saying it's inexcusable that the freedom got destroyed, or they the, got replaced with strike freedom? The fr- oh, more so that it got replaced freedom. with strike freedom, but the freedom lasted so long it should have just got upgraded a little bit. They should have never destroyed the suit entirely, or at least in the. Or if it, you're going to blow it up, do it at the last episode. Yeah, do it exactly, you know, exactly, just, just like it did in the first series. I like gun. I love Gundam plot armor. Right, that is Gundam plot armor. That's why I call it strike freedom because it, it does everything. Exactly, everything you need it. It even bakes cookies. <laughs> yeah. While it's prize coordinators. Wow. I did enjoy the fact that um, even though Atherin did regress, he still was the John McClane of Gundam pilots. Like um, when he when he broke free of the uh, of the of, of being imprisoned by Zaft, and he um got what's uh what's the Hawk sister, the younger Hawk Mayrin. sister, sexy ass Marin when they when they when they broke out, and then um his suit got destroyed, and yet he still survived, yeah. and her with her intact, it, that was yeah. amazing, dude. He should have had the wife sur- survived. Uh, uh, what is it? A, a- a battleship sword to a grunt suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he should have had a wife beater on, man. It was it was honorary. Stella, I hated her character so damn much. You there was not a character in that show. She was almost like the second coming of um Homegirl from um Shars Counterattack. What's her name? Um Quest. Quest. Kind of. Except at least Quest wasn't nuts. <laughs> She's Quest trying to cosplay as former Asame and failing miserably. Oh my god. <laughs> and then she, she had went, her character went nowhere. And she, like, I thought they were gonna yeah. do something. Like she turns zapped or something. No, she was just a screwball, and she had, and she, exactly. on top of that, she had Flay's voice, which our I should say Badgerel's voice, which was um. Well, well actually, you're right. Yeah, both. Yeah, you're you're right. Only, you're right. They're both. <laughs> only because I like Badgerel more. But uh, <laughs> uh, Durandal completely wasted, especially the voice talent. What were they thinking? Ray was nothing more than quasi Rao. <laughs> I did like the turn he made at the end, though. That was cool. Um, what was up with the Ath- Athens lady switcheroo at the end? Hmm. He he just he just gives up on Kogali and goes with uh. Well, with, actually, with didn't, she give, didn't Kogali give up on him? She gave yeah. him back the ring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she dumped him. It, that was like the that was the last straw. That's what that's what um completely made me want to write her character off. Basically. Well, hey, as far as as far as Athens concerned, going to Mayrin's probably an upgrade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Mayrin anyway. So I mean, as as much as I dislike Kogli, I like Mayrin throughout the course of the series. Her sister, however, yeah, because her cause, sister, because because <laughs> Kogli, uh, you know, it's still Kira with blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. And that's a Which hard image to been, pass up, especially in the bedroom. Yes. <laughs> Oh god! All right, you got hey, your brother's you know, body. I got. I got. Let's sober. Let's sober. Finishes this. Right. Um, you just increased your Yowie fans by plus two. Sweet, sweet man. Let's roll the dice. Okay. Twenty sided. Twenty sided. <laughs> the show had no. <laughs> the show had no sigh, which upset me, except for that one episode where his voice actor did the narration, and a, and a bonus was it had no Cuzzy Buzzkirk. So that that oh, was. Oh, your 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 man Cy Argyle. My man Cy Argyle. So I I have to say the Wait, show. What's at that? this point, don't even try it. We're, what, we got to establish your man for this series. You talking about Arthur? No. Oh, Arthur was no. the junk oh, son. Yuna, bro. Yuna, bro. Yuna, Yuna, my honey. No, no, man, my Arthur. I, I would gladly take Arthur. Don't give me Yuna, uh, man. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't in there. You got Yuna. You got Yuna. Your man for this mm-hmm. series, because Arthur did occasionally do some useful things. I is Yuna Roma Saren. <laughs> Either that or that um, that annoying kid that was um, 
part of the... Oh, the uh, engineer kid? The, the engineer uh, kid on the Minerva. Yeah. yeah. Who? I know. Oh, yeah, the dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know oh, what you're talking B- about. Bino Dupree? The, yeah. the dude with the two-tone colored hair? Yeah. My, my, yeah. My, Who my, had two lines my, of dialogue the entire series? I my, uh, one of my ancestors, probably, or... or you know, you know, not ancestors, oh, but uh, oh, uh, descendants. Descendants, descendants yeah. <laughs> All right, just a few more here. Um, Ezok and Durka were pretty much the um, Laura and Hardy of the show. They were, they were, they were cool, but they did nothing. They were like a, they were a comic duo, man. I, I, I as my, I love to see Ezok. Any episode Ezok was in, he did steal the scene. But he, I wish he was in the show more because the show was lacking in some real cool characters. But um, he did, he, he was, they were cool to see. I just wish they had more story development. Um, Heine, I know you guys probably didn't care for him much, but I thought he was a cool character and should have lasted a lot longer. I, I liked Heine a lot actually. Yeah, I liked him a lot more than um TM Revolution's character Miguel in the beginning of the show. I liked Heine a, a ton. I love all. The TM Revolution characters—they're always uplifting. But they don't—they la- I mean, don't last. They don't last long. They, no, the- they die in a good way, though. Yeah, they got an expiration I, date stamped on them. <laughs> yeah, and, and that expiration date got- is called <laughs> Kira Yamato. Oh yeah. damn! <laughs> it is called Kira Yamato. Actually, yeah. actually, the second time was um was uh Ella. was sorry Ella. like Stella, man. Yeah, but and but it was because- Kira's fault because he cut up. Ah, uh, yeah. The goof. He dis- he disarmed. He disarmed Piney. Yeah, and but the also, guy had his back mm-hmm. turned to Stella. What and also, uh, and also, uh, you know, distracted him. Yeah, yeah. but the problem. It, so. I, I know it, that's just what upset me because the man was in a goof, man. A goof. That's a badass. Well, suit. he, he didn't even have just, time to. to he should have just been. Um, he well, should have been. He should have lasted a little bit longer. I yeah. Mean, I, I could see him. You know, he was marked for death, but you know, don't <laughs> don't kill him so early on. He was flamboyant. They, they needed they needed more pilots on that thing. Yeah, when he All showed right, up, finish, man. Okay, finish okay, okay, okay. So I can go to my stuff. All right, um, the uh, Neil's girl, the besmircher of the red Zaku, the other hawk sister. We gotta we gotta talk about her for a second. What Luna was her Maria? name? Luna Maria. Oh my god, dude. She she completely took a deuce. Okay, my, on the red all Zaku. Right, all right, let's let's do this. Go. I don't I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind homages to franchises or, you know, to other directors or anything like that because we've seen it like in Macross Frontier. We had all those homages to the the shows beforehand. Mm-hmm. Destiny had it a lot. Did not mind that the Zakus and the Goofs were in there. Didn't mind that in even the Doms. Did not mind that. But to put one of the worst pilots <laughs> in a red Zaku with the commander's <laughs> antenna on it. Woo! That, I mean, as much as I like to show from the beginning, when I first saw that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Heresy, son. When they're, <laughs> what, when, when, when they get attacked, when they get attacked at the armory and they're chasing the Phantom Pain kids out of, out of the, uh, out of the plant and her Zaku has engine problems. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, this is not Well, that's good. because, that's because a wall fell on top of it. Yeah, but still. Oh. I know. I mean, yeah. And her red Zaku does not have a commander's antenna. It didn't. I thought it did. No, it didn't. Okay. Well, that, would be the, that would be the Zaku Phantom. That was the white one. Okay. Thank God she crapped all over the impulse before that happened. Yeah, impulse, but, such okay, a beautiful so I, suit. How do you give her the impulse and she misses shooting a shuttle going out to space? It can't move. Well, it they showed, one spot. they fixed that in the uh, special edition by adding a bunch of wind resistance that affected the angle of her shot. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, she be- she totally became the anti machine that show. <laughs> well, I, I don't even understand how she was a she was a red suit. So it's like, how the hell was she even an elite pilot? Because because she graduated at the top of the academy. But that red suit's a bunch of nonsense. Like Is it? because as shown in both Seed and Destiny. 
being a red suit just means that you graduated at the top of the class, not that oh. you actually have any real world accomplishments. Oh, okay. That all right. That 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 explains it. But still, I could not understand why they would let her wear, uh, have her, a red zaku. And then you know what I noticed though. Any mobile give her a hand-me-down Gundam. Gets, oh, any yeah. mobile suit she touches gets destroyed. I, yeah. I can understand why Savior got sliced up. Put her behind a desk. Her, her and her sister should have traded places. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, I got I got four more things. The openings to this series all seem to be high-budget music, low-budget visuals. Um, you had like a bunch of reused animation from like the show, and you had a bunch of still shots of characters. I never got down with that. Maybe that's the director's style when it comes to openings of the shows. But the second opening was really the coolest song out yeah, of all of them, right? Bother. That doesn't yeah. bother. Yeah. I kind of like the, the third one. one. I, I like the third. The third, third one. one was cool. They all, they all do. Yeah. They all the fourth do. was but atrocious, I, though. Yeah, oh. the fourth Adam, was terrible. Adam, I know you love Swing of Words, bro. What's that? I know, I know you love the Wing of Words. Was that I the last the one? song, but I didn't like that's the, the opening. Yeah, oh, I mean, go hell I no. the song was okay. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't stand like... the song or the opening. It's like I'm watching a clip show opening with a horrible song. Well, what about you know what, the... Um... That, that way, uh, the opening should have been the ending. Yeah, well... You know, it it would have sounded a lot better as an ending. What about, uh, Chris, the... Um... The, the last ending, which was the a day on, the actual ending oh, of a day yeah. of uh, Space Runaway, a day on. That was cool. I, I sat there the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, are they the vertical stuck? scroll? Well, they rip more stuff off of Tamino. Oh no, it was like it was at a forty five degree angle, right? It's the same. It's the, the same. There was it's a day on. Yeah, it's I was the trying same to, ending. That was really cool. I I got I got to give it up it was to cool, that. but I was just like I, I at that point I was just so done with um all the rip offs of Tamino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you've got to be kidding me. Still. Are you uh, almost the, done with your laundry list there, Adam? I got, I got, I got, got, I got three yes. more to blast through, and I'm done. Go. And um, okay. I just, so just, just add, go through and, and mine. No problem. Just to add, the second opening was really the coolest. Okay. We, you and no, I, you and I called it the guilty girl opening. Your thing, dude. Okay, damn it. Okay, the Laflaga family, man. I wanted to. I, they never really touched upon it that much this season. Um, uh, pretty much, it was the big boss story from Metal Gear Solid, and we still didn't get a freaking closure for that at all. Break the world. Break the world dude um this this story had so much potential this this in episode Should've six of course story. when break that when this element popped up and they 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 threw this rock at at planet earth and it ended up bombing all the major cities that was such a great setup that they let waste didn't do anything with it it's it's like it came and went within three to four episodes and became a non-entity and of course later on in stargazer they really milked the crap out of this and i i commend them for it for mm, that story mm, i don't know about that but well, well in the we'll first episode that. we'll touch that in stargazer okay okay we'll, we'll take all that down. yeah the first um, uh 12 or 14 minute episode <laughs> but they did a lot with it and i thought that was uh, cool but what well, anyway um berlin berlin is my final one and i what, love that huh the city no, episode the thirty-six, the battle yeah. in Berlin, where um, the does the freedom get destroyed? And um, yeah, the freedom gets destroyed when they're bugging out. Oh yeah, true. But that's the episode where homegirl dies. Stella, I yeah. I never I never smiled that's so broadly. Episode thirty-two. Is that yeah. thirty-two? Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, but um, that was at the battle of Berlin, and then the following episode there was the Final Fantasy funeral. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Seven funeral. It's about as bad as the chickens on the right head. Oh my God. Point. I'm sorry to exhaust you with all my lists, but I'm done. Thank you. And um, I'll shut up now. You got, uh, whoever's next, I'll, take the uh, thing. I'll, I'll go you quickly. Take it up next. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, I was excited when the show was coming out, and the first episode grabbed me. And you know, I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a really good show." And and I I, I agree with Chris. I, he said it many a times that you know when those first couple episodes of Destiny, I was like, "Wow, this is if this show keeps going this way, it's going to be better than Seed," but um, you know, I, 
I, I knew it was kind of getting kind of crazy there after the wedding. I was kind of all right, even up until about the Battle of Berlin. Once Stella died, that's when it really started having issues with it. They opened up too many plot lines from the first show and even in this show. Characters, I don't mind Kira. I didn't. I don't mind that they brought back the, the old cast, but like has been stated earlier, you know, making it where they pretty much towards the end were the focal point of everything. Ugh. It was just horrible. Shin, I don't mind Shin either. I don't think... I, I like the fact that they showed that Shin was hypocritical throughout the whole show. The fact that he was mad because other people killed people, but he had no problem killing somebody himself. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was uh, pretty nice. Um, I'm glad that he never had the, uh, you know, he, he never had the switch over uh, up, in, you know, up until the end, um, you know, after he got his, you know, butt beat by Atherin. The mobile suits... Outside of some of the, um, you know, like the Marasame was a great suit. You know, the, the like I said earlier, I didn't mind the Zaku and the Goose and the Dom showing up. I thought that was kind of cool because they had a little bit different look to them. But they still had that link to the original Mobile Suit Gundam. But some of the, some, the Gundams themselves weren't that impressive. I mean, for an upgrade, Strike Freedom, I really wasn't feeling it. Uh, Infinite Justice, same thing. I mean, uh, Infinite Justice was, an, it was really much just the Justice. Um, you know, for except for a few different new weapons, but um, Strike Freedom, I, I I never really got it. Um, you know, and and it was finally sad to see the final demise of the Strike when uh, Kira stole the Rouge and put it out of its misery <laughs> from being pink. Which I did like that point that he's like, you know, I might be emo, but I'm not flying no pink uh pink mobile suit. So he he changed the colorings back, and then of course it just got punked at the end. But um, it's just a shame because. Um, you know, it's funny that the first first Gundam and Gundam X were canceled, um, and the Destiny had so many opportunities to do it right. They were given fifty episodes plus the edited show plus an hour long special. After that, I mean, you could have had a a, a a great opus, you know, just magnificent beyond belief, and they could have tied up everything that was open from um, you know from first seed all the way to Destiny, but. Uh, it's just, um, you know, for something that it started so well, it just really went awful. But um, other than that, Chris, uh, go ahead. Okay, I've got a whole laundry list of good and bad things, and after that we'll move on to uh, Special Edition since <laughs> that merits discussion as well. So I'll start with the things that I like. Number one, uh, you know, when the show started, I was, of course, um, you know, a bit cautious because... Seed was kind of eh when it started, but got a lot better in the end. So I was cautiously optimistic, to, to use a popular cliche. And the first episode, even though it featured that same old tired Gundam Jack gimmick, which was, of course, used even in Seed, it actually got me because it was fast-paced, it was thrilling. Yeah. And uh, Shin, I really liked the idea of Shin at first because for the first time in a long time in a Gundam TV series we had a pilot who wasn't the accidental civilian. Yeah. This yep. was a trained soldier who, unfortunately, most of the time acted like he was an accidental civilian pilot. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the problem. Hug. Yeah, that was kind of part of the problem. Um, Who's the most I like that you guy. had. Yeah, I like that you had Atherin sort of uh, in a mentor role at the beginning, kind of like Char to Camille. Mm -hmm. This is where all of the problems go. Let me finish with the things that I liked. Uh, you know, those first few battles, the Break the World incident, all pretty thrilling stuff. The first battle at Orb between um, yeah. 
the Earth Alliance and Zapped. That's all good stuff. This is where it all starts to go wrong. The whole relationship between Shin and Atherin is completely screwed up because, you know, at first, um, Shin isn't happy when he finds out that uh, Atherin is, that Alex Dino is really Atherin. But then <laughs> when the Break the World incident happens, the two of them are working together and they, you know, start to develop a rapport. Yeah. And they're, and they're cool with each other. I'm like, okay, this is good. I like this. And then when Athen comes back to the ship as a uh, faith member, Shin hates him all over again. For no reason, and too. For no reason. He's like, what? This guy's back in Zaf now? Rage! And, and now he's in charge was... of me? <laughs> yeah. Then there was that episode, which I think is probably the best episode of the show, where they're attacking that, uh, in the Middle East, that uh, trench oh, yeah. base of the Alliance, uh-huh. and Shin has to, like, fly through that tiny cave with the pieces of the Impulse. Yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome probably, episode. Probably the best episode of the show. And oh. as a result of that episode, they were cool again and started going back to the way they were. But then after Heine dies and uh, Freedom shows up, then Shin starts to hate him all over again. And then that hatred just keeps mounting and mounting and mounting until it's like outright murderous hostility. And they become like, quote unquote, rivals for no clear reason at all. Yeah, even well, even Chris, even also, Atherin didn't know. You're also missing. Uh, you're also missing the episode where he bitch slapped Shin for breaking protocol. Yeah, that oh, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the best episode. But um, that's 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 the one problem with Shin. The other problem with Shin is, as everyone else has mentioned, he was horribly underdeveloped because I liked that he had rage in his heart at the beginning because it set him apart from, you know, the idealistic young person who gets caught up and doesn't like war. This is a guy who is doing what he's doing precisely because of war. For revenge. And Yeah, and it was an intriguing concept, but they completely fell through on the execution. You know, they, they made him a hypocrite because he could never, ever accept responsibility for his actions. Like, he never, it never even occurred to him, as Austin mentioned, that that whole massacre in Europe and in Berlin was caused by him because he took Stella back to the Earth Alliance. He just never realizes that he's responsible for that and instead blames Kira for it. He blames everyone for everything they do, rightfully or unjustly, but can never take responsibility for his own actions. Yeah. You're right. And you know what? Yeah, another thing is like that's one of the reasons why I do like Kira a lot is like, you know, at the end like towards the uh, you know, towards the end of uh, Seed, he started to, you know, admit what he did. He knows what he did was wrong and he can, you know, he just basically accepted that. Shin has never done that. Still hasn't done that. Yeah. Um, let's waste. see. What else? Um, Atherin himself, as was also mentioned, you know, Atherin and Mu were my favorite characters in Seed, and I liked Atherin's development in Seed because he went from being, you know, the patriotic soldier to, you know, realizing that he was fighting for the wrong thing, and then he developed a set of beliefs and fought true to those beliefs. But then it's like they didn't know what to do with him in Destiny. So they had him recycle that whole development cycle from Seed and suddenly have him, like, not know what he's fighting for, be a wimp, a pushover, and then when it's convenient, he switches sides, goes back to uh, the Three Ships Alliance, gets a new Justice, and does the exact same stuff he was doing before. Right. It's like he was basically just spinning his wheels in Destiny and in the process became a worse character. Yeah. Uh, Kira and Lacus. <laughs> Kira is not my favorite protagonist. I didn't mind him in Seed, 
but I really couldn't stand him in Destiny because basically in Destiny from beginning to end, you could call him Laku's security robot number one. Yeah. <laughs> the Iceman. Yeah. Not a single thing happens to him that changes his character in any way. He doesn't get... Nothing changes him at all in this war. Not a single bad thing happens to him. I'm not saying that, you know, like, every single person has to die around him, but the guy needed to have a reason to fight other than, you know, some guys tried to kill Lacus and we don't know who they are, but we think they might have been sent by Durando, which the show actually never addressed. Answers. Yeah. It never answers. The closest thing we got was when he remembered about Flay. And I think um, the, the relationship between Stella and um, and Shin reminded him of Flay. I, I, can't re- I can't really recall. Maybe mm, I'm a little fuzzy no, on that. No, but I, I remember no. that, and that was it. That's all you got about insight about him and that he was still hurting over that. You know, with another effective thing they should have done, it would have been so. It would have like been the turning point of the series really early, though. They would, if they would have killed off Lacus. I was just going to say that. If wow. they killed Lacus off at the beginning oh of the series, God. That it, would have given, just... it would have given Kira a really good motivation to want to fight, to find out who killed her, why what? they killed her. You know, they, they really should have offed her at the beginning. And it would have made more sense to have the Mir Campbell thing. Yeah. Because yeah, if she would have got killed and, like, and it wasn't publicly known, then all of a sudden she sprouts back up again. That would have made a lot more sense, and yeah. like you said, it would have given Kira a lot more motivation to fight. Well, it would, yeah, and it basically would have given him a reason to, inter- to interfere in all Zapped operations because he wants to get down. And the the other thing that I the other thing that I really was left open to was the whole fact of um you know we mentioned that break the world, but you know the whole idea behind break the world was all of the sympathizers of Patrick Zala, who were you know the genocidal maniacs in, in the first seed. You know, we we get a, we get touched upon them, but that would have been one of the greatest things in in Destiny because then what are you going to have with um you know with with Atherin? I mean, these people would look to him as like some type of god because he's you know Patrick Sala's child. He's the son of their glorified leader. But he doesn't agree with it. But then he has the conflict again of well, my mother was killed in you know in the bloody valentine tragedy and i I always thought that that was what made him the most interesting thing what the interesting character was that you know he had the true loss i mean in a lot of ways probably if it was another series he would have been the um the protagonist in the first seed yeah that that's a great point and those those fanatical coordinators would have been great for his development and also for the story but they come and go in the span of a single episode you don't find out where they came from you know, why exactly they decided on this plan and all of this stuff. It's like they just came and did it and then they're gone and they're all dead. It's like yeah. that should have been like a continuing storyline. Break the World was great, but as Adam mentioned, it was completely glossed over as soon as it happened and it's left to uh, Stargazer to show some of the, um, the fallout from it. Mm-hmm. You know, that should have been, that could have been an arc of at least five to ten episodes detailing everything that happened as a result of that, the changing political situation, you know, developing that rather than just having, grr, coordinators, bad space monsters, go kill, grr. <laughs> I mean, I mean in, in, in reality, the best way it would have done it was what, Break the World was episode 13, you know, you do about eight to ten episodes of that, so you're at 23, and then, and then you have the other stuff, and where even Berlin is like even clo- closer to the end. And maybe you do have a final battle in space, but you know it, it kind of takes away from having all of those recap episodes, and you know kind of ups the the drama a little bit because you know here we're fighting on fighting on Earth, and then it gets escalated up into space again. 
you know, like it always does. But, um, yeah, it's, it's such a shame because it, you know, it was, it, it could have been, it could have been destiny's operation meteor and it could have been done really well because I mean, in essence, it's what it was. It was operation meteor, right? Yeah. So we, or, as in, we find in out essence, stargazer or, or operation British, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, however, but, um, you know what though, yeah, in the was, end though, the ball was I, dropped there. Yeah. You know, in the end, though, I think the real major problem for Destiny is that they didn't really have a clear-cut bad guy where you can go, this guy is the evil dude from the very beginning, or, you know, from the, like, you know, you can just go, this guy. Well, they had I Jabril. Well, they had Jabril, yeah. but then he got but off right yeah. before the end, early. and it's like, it's like, oops, we got to get rid of him, let's make it yeah. to Randall now. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And Jabril, Jabril. I, Jabril. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, no, I'll no, 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 no,
That is rather strange that you have characters having flashbacks about things they can't possibly know. Or people they've never met. Yeah. Um, <laughs> villains. How the hell that happened? Jibril, very one-dimensional. Oh. Yeah. Not really, you know, that special of a villain. Durandal, I liked him until the end. And even though I knew he was going to become a villain because he was played by Shuichi Ikeda, it's like, please don't become a villain. Please don't become a villain. Please don't become a villain. And then he unvoils the Destiny plan, which we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, God. Which is just like the stupidest thing ever. It's like, I'm going to genetically determine through genetics what job you're best suited for, and that'll get rid of all strife, and if you don't agree with me, you die. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but you know, th- him being a villain was just forced. Because you can see it's like... It was. Everybody in the world was agreeing with him. Everybody yeah, in the world... Yeah, up to, was up to the, he announced the Destiny plan, everything he was saying was right. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, it's a forced issue that they made him a villain. In the end, it's like, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. And then, like, they, they have to force these things. Like, okay, here, you have Genesis. Here you have the uh, requiem. There now, now you are the clear-cut villain. It's just like it was a forced thing on him. Yet and another... Messiah with the uh, the Emperor Palpatine like command chair, very <laughs> obvious. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like I'm oh. looking at him. It's like where does all this come from? And the evil operatic themes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, le- at least him, him and Shin. Yeah, at least with Seed, you had you know Azrael and you had Zala and you know uh, you know Patrick Zala. Zala. Yeah, yeah, you can tell they were the clear-cut villains because this guy—they were both the same thing. They hated the, they hated the other species. You know, he hated naturals. This guy hated coordinators to the extreme for both of them. So you can tell these guys are going to be the final bastards at the end. Yeah, with Durandal, it, was, it seemed very forced that he suddenly became the villain at the end. Yeah, mecha designs. <laughs> I like some of the mecha designs in the show. Savior was my favorite, and it's it was a shame to see it get uh, so wasted, and it had so much potential. Yeah. Uh, about the goofs and the zakus and the domes, I didn't like their inclusion because when you look at Zaf's like design style, which obviously is Zionic based, mm-hmm. um, you had suits that they have like the jinn and the the gates and the the shigu, and then you look at the the zaku and the goof and the dome, and they look less advanced. Yeah, that than is true. Suits they're replacing. That's true. I didn't mind it as much, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought that too, especially Zaku. The Zaku was the one where it's like, uh, it's like... The like Zaku, at least they stuck like different backpacks on it and changed yeah. the look a little bit. Yeah. Uh, with the Goof, all they basically did was stick an AEL pack on it. Yeah. <laughs> and with the Dome, they didn't even bother. Yeah, they didn't do anything with it. Like, here's, here's a Dome. I, I, um, I, I, the, the, what about, what did you think of the Destiny? Mm. It was the ugliest Gundam I've ever seen. <laughs> It's, I've it's never seen an uglier Gundam. Oh. Stupid looking with like the big old cannon and the big old sword put inside yeah. the wings and the freaking double shining fingers and yeah. I will say the uh, the master grade redesign looks a lot nicer and makes the suit actually look good. Yeah, but the that. way it looks in the show and designed by Okawara, it looks like garbage. Yeah, and he, he, he put every, the devil looks so much prettier. He put um he put every plot gimmick and every um, you know every weapon of all these other suits like you said the shining fingers are in it It has the had the um, <laughs> had the f91 attack where it leave the after images oh, And Lord. it's just like oh my god wasn't it a leftover design from the original seed show I believe so yeah well is, is that hearsay no the original design for the freedom was this big giant bulky thing that combined like all of the strikes packs so in the concept the destiny is a leftover but certainly not the design Okay. Oh, wow. Weapons suck on the Destiny. I will, they sure okay. do. 
And, All I have uh, is a giant uh, sword and a gun. That's it. I will say this: the coolest looking grunt suit is in this show. The Marasame. Yeah. On the, I love that suit to death. I thought that was the cool. It reminded me of a, um, a Valkyrie so much. You mean you the, like the, the Zeta, the Zeta mass production type? <laughs> yeah. That actually, the Reg Zeta that that actually transformed. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but a lot of the mecha design in this show is just lazy because, as you yeah. can see with the recycled animation, mm. uh, Strike Freedom looks ugly and it's just a stupid-looking upgrade. I mean, the whole point of an upgrade is that it's not something that looks exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. Same I thing just... with Infinite Justice and with Legend and with all these other things that just look like Infinite. slightly changed versions of their presence. Infinite Justice doesn't even look any different from justice yeah that was the one that was the laziest one because it was just like all all, all he got was what the, the double the double beam saber and and something else he didn't even have he the, the little... uh, he has the laser he has like the beam sabers on the feet he has like double yeah. boomerangs. the beam sabers in the, the yeah yeah he That's actually true. uses the glider a lot more now Dude, they should have made the infinite savior <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been cooler know. i do think that on the plus i did like the gaia i mm -hmm. loved it to death i think it was one the, of the dog gundam suits. Yes, the dog Gundam. Ravage. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, the Zoid. I forgot about that. It had the, the Zoid, Zoid, Zoid mode. That one, that one works better. Yeah, don't, was... don't mention Zoids, because then a bunch of people are going to start saying, yeah. why does Chris hate Zoids so much? That hey, just to wrap up, the, the just chaos to wrap up my was list. terrible, too. Chaos was Fortune, stupid. Fortune it was right uh, this. They were just lame-looking designs. Just to wrap up my, my litany here, uh, the ending. The original ending was such garbage, because oh, it's sort God. of like... It skipped over a whole bunch of crap. It didn't accomplish anything. In Final Plus, you know, they, they changed some things around, like uh, making the battle a little bit longer. They put Atherin into the final, bat the final confrontation, which I think was the wrong move to make. The person that really should have been there Shin. was Shin. Yeah. yeah. Because, okay, so Destiny got punked and it crashes on the moon and Luna Maria goes in after him. If Shin, you know, was the main character and he was so determined to, like, fight... What I think might have worked better is if he hopped into the kind of beaten up impulse, flew over to uh, Messiah, and he was there for that sort of Mexican confrontation, yeah. and was at least witness to all of these things, and could at least hear the things that Durandal was saying when he's not around. Yeah. But he basically got punked halfway through the final battle, and had no role to play at all. And in Final Plus, yes, they do add some more resolution for him where he kind of buries the hatchet with Kira rather than in him. But there's no explanation for why that happens. It's sort of like it just happens because it does. You never see any event that causes Shin to realize, gee, everything I've been doing has been wrong. It never happens, either in Final Plus or in the original, the original series. You know there's I think, no though, explanation for that moment. They should have also. They should have also had like the final battle. It should have never been after. It should have never been Atherin and Shin. It should have been Shin and Kira, like a little rematch. They were the rivals. They were the rivals. So that, exactly. that was another thing. It would have made more sense with them battling. I mean, and then you know you have Atherin having the bitch battle with you know, you know Ray, <laughs> because they were both bitches in the end. And giving Ray Legend was just as worse as giving Luna Maria in Impulse because they Ouch. did nothing. Ouch. They did nothing. Mm, that's that's really tough. Well, the the problem with Luna Maria and Impulse is that most of the scenes you see of her using it are just stock footage from when Shin had it. Yeah. So it was they were actually lying to the audience. She wasn't. Yeah, that she good. wasn't. She wasn't that good. <laughs> it was Shin's clone. It was Shin's clone. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was just using the the uh, the recorded ghost data. <laughs> from, 
from Jin. When you wait, when you race against your ghost in Gran Turismo. And 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 what and what uh, what was up with the uh, the space madness with uh, Gladys at the end? Like I'm gonna oh. die on an exploding spaceship, and oh by the way, I have a son. Take care of him. Yeah. If you see him, but I'm gonna die with this guy that just uses me as you know, exactly. you know cheap lay every once when in a while. When we could have gotten out. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, really I really the, liked her as a character because she was a no nonsense captain, and yeah. she wasn't just like a yes sir kind of person. Not at all. I mean, all. she could see that that Durandal was doing bad things, but she was kind of constrained as a military officer. Yeah. And suddenly she has, and but she was always, always calm and cool and collected, sort of like an anti Ramius, yeah. kind of like a com. Well, maybe a combination, a, a combination of Ramius and Agerol. Very yeah. much so. She, she took the best out of both characters. Exactly. And she was sort of like a female bright, more accurately. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then suddenly at the end, it's like I'm gonna stay here with uh, Durandal, and why don't you come die with us too, Ray? Oh, by the way, I have a young son who I'm going to leave behind. Go visit him once in a while for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the stupidest thing. It's like, I okay, you, you got to... I mean, above all else, you, you, you have your son to take care of. And granted, you're, it's bad enough you're away from him all the time because, you're, you, because of your job, but you're just going to often die with this guy. You, you're going to love this guy so much, you're going to die with him and love your son so less. There's no mother I know that would do that. There's none. It's like even even in the worst situation, if your husband is going to die, which he wasn't, or her husband, her husband's going to die, he would have said, "Go and take care of our boy." Or you know, but, but you know, it, it just didn't make sense to me, man. It was a waste of her character. I can actually see that happening because you know what, girls do stuff like that really. Crazy. Yeah, they do. No, man, she's a grown ass woman, dude. Grown, grown ass woman. woman. I'm not trying matter. to. Like, girls, dude, please. Dude. If she was like, if she was Flay, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but she's a grown ass woman. I don't, I don't know. I can see, I can yeah. see a woman no, doing no, that. No, I can't right? buy I can that see, for a second. I can, I can see a woman doing that. Nah, man, nah, nah, not yes. not when you got a kid that you get that you are always looking at his picture and always thinking about. That's some absolute bull s. And well, I, I, okay, I, I'm let's, throwing the flight down anyway. I'm sorry. Let me shut up. Let's <laughs> let's try and give this make this sound slightly less misogynistic than it's coming across. Adults no, of both sexes and of all ages can all do very stupid yeah. things. Let's, let's exactly. all agree about that. We, yeah. I mean, we have parents yes. who kill their kids all the time. True. So, and, you know, it, maybe it is possible that someone would do what she did, yeah. but I think it's inconsistent it given could, her character because exactly. she was never crazy or unstable beforehand. Thank if you. a crazy mother kills her own kids, she has a history of being crazy. You don't just so go crazy one day and it's like, oh, I'm going to kill my kids. Yeah, yeah. They had a so kid. it's inconsistent. While it's conceivable what she did, mm-hmm. it's not conceivable why she specifically did it because there's nothing in her character that indicates that she would have done something like that. That's exactly. the problem. Not yeah, that she did something that was, crazy. That was a, yeah. Not that a damn was the thing that, that I had. specifically did that. Yeah, exactly. Right and um, now that we've spent over an hour listing our grievances about the TV show, <laughs> why don't we quickly go through the special edition compilation? Oh, All right. What's there to say? Once again, I don't know what this production team did, but they were able to get four movies, and they <laughs> failed miserably on this. Uh, I was kind of a, I was kind of intrigued, that, you know, doing it maybe in the the aspect of Atherin. Okay, I can see that, but then once again, it was almost kind of, um, you know, the first one's a little bit of a clip show. Um, you know, things just get sped around, and and with four movies, you think the pacing would be a little bit better. You know, it, it wasn't, and you know, part of it too is because when you're 
when you're taking from bad source material, especially towards the end of Destiny, and you're trying to make something out of it, uh, you know, shorten it up even more so. And if we had all those episodes trying to explain what was going on there, we couldn't figure it out. How do you expect it to be figured out in, a, you know, an hour and a half uh, special? So um, <laughs> it's uh, I, I th- th- as bad as Destiny is, it's it's worse than C, you know, and ending up overall. The, the special editions are even worse than the uh, special, the seat special editions, yeah, the only, which were pretty bad. The only thing I liked about it is that it showed it from Athens' perspective, but it was a wasted opportunity to um, to fill in a lot but of the plot once holes. Once again, they, he got even it. more annoying. Like we were saying that Damn. you know he got so wishy washy towards you know throughout that show, it, it even accented it more when you're going through his perspective. It's like, oh my god, dude, you know, have you learned anything? <laughs> have you learned anything from the pre from from the previous show? But um. I don't know, Chris. I'll, 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 I'm gonna have to disagree with you about a couple of points on the special edition. Number one, even though the pacing wasn't fantastic with four movies, it's certainly much better. Oh yeah. Than with C special edition because C special edition makes almost no sense if you haven't watched yeah. the show. Whereas you could conceivably watch Destiny special editions and understand the story well enough to have them be independent. But seeds were horribly done, and I would say destinies are better. The problem with Athern's perspective, um, Fakuda supposedly said that he wanted it to be, you know, more neutral because if it was from Kira's perspective, then Shin would be the villain, and if it was from Shin's yeah. perspective, Kira would, would be, be the villain. villain. Well, Athern's not exactly a neutral party because he's Kira's buddy and ends yeah. up fighting against Shin. So here's a clever idea. Why not show it from Shin's perspective since he was supposed to be his show to begin with? Oh. And Kira be damned. Because with <laughs> Athrin... It'd be too easy. With Athrin, all you get is him being more whiny with all his monologues. Oh, man. And um, him and Ray just saying a bunch of like cool-sounding biblical quotes at the beginning and end of each special edition. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Chris, you're making too much sense. I, never waste, <laughs> that's, that's I didn't the really problem. waste my time watching the special editions. Other stuff, you know, a lot of people say that, yeah, you know, a lot of there's this misconception that the special editions fix all of the problems with Destiny, mm. which is just impossible because it's basically putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> when you start off, when you start off with weak source material, yeah. no amount of editing or adding like a little new thing here, a little new thing there is going to fix what at its core is a weakly done story. Exactly. You're still going to end up with the same result. Yep. The only way the special editions would have been better is if they completely trashed the story of Destiny and animated something entirely new, which was not going to happen. And yeah. a lot of people, I think, mistakenly went into the impression that the, the, the special editions were supposed to fix all these problems with Destiny. No, <laughs> they were supposed to make more money for Destiny because Destiny was popular. Yep, that is the thing. So, so if you go into the special editions expecting that it's going to be like this magical, like definitive version that fixes every single complaint that we've listed, plus probably more that we haven't, you're in for Rude Awakening because it's not going to be that at all. Yeah, it's not a, it's not Gundam Seed Destiny, a new translation. <laughs> it's uh, same old translation, you know, same translation. old story. Yeah, I like the um, the like Zeta Zetas. Gundam. Yeah, like the Zetas, where they, you know, they did change things up. They changed the, you know, the order of events, and you know, of course, they've changed the ending. But none for the better that I would say. But but 
that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I, I that's agree. neither here nor there. We've already talked. We already talked about that a long time ago. But that's the thing with special edition. If you're gonna watch it, which there's no reason not to watch it. I mean, no. if you want to, but don't go into it expecting that it's gonna be like the ultimate cut of Blade Runner that fixes all of the problems, or <laughs> you know. <laughs> Microsoft security patch number two. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to ever happen. There's really not any way to ever, ever fix problems with Destiny, which, you know, in wrapping things up makes me wonder, what the hell are they going to do as a story for this Vaporware Seed movie that's been, you know, in development hell for at least two years? Which well, is supposed to be the final. The hey, here's something, though. Um, in the final episode of fifty of um, Final Plus, the last montage is the one of the most appealing things about that series as a whole, and it does set up at least a conflict to come in whatever they plan on coming out with next. Yeah, you know, because you see the sides are being formed again. Everybody's going off and doing their yeah, own thing. How are you going to do that in a two-hour movie? Do I don't even know. I don't, I don't well, know I'll give you I'll guy. give you my prediction because. The biggest problem with both Seed and Destiny is that they're utterly predictable. <laughs> to the point that, you know, when I did my my uh, April Fool's Day spoof with, like, all of the, the fake Seed sequel, yeah. most of the stuff that I made up ended up happening by the end of the actual Seed series. Jeez. <laughs> Which is... just goes to show how predictable Seed was in terms of the plot as well as big, giant guns with ugly backpacks. But that's... Damn. That's beside the well, point. You know what? The, the movie probably the movie would probably work better if it was like a prequel to explain what happened. Like, yeah, you know, you have the the bloody yeah, but that's, I, I think. but that's not yeah, what it's gonna. That's not what's gonna that's, happen. They're, that's they're not saying, what's gonna happen. Here's my yeah. prediction. Here's my prediction. Okay, with uh, special edition now, they added even more to the ending, which shows Kira as oh, being yeah. part of freaking Zaf now. Yep. And now <laughs> Shin's one of like. You know his best buddies for life, along with Athrin, mm-hmm. and well, Shin is still Athrin's an orb. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But here's the thing: all of the good guys are now either in Zaft or, in the case of Athrin, orb. orb. Yep. Which means that uh, the Earth Alliance is just going to be even more evil than it already is. Which was another complaint I forgot to mention. But <laughs> um, Earth Wait. Alliance is even more evil than it usually is. Because there's no good characters in the Earth Alliance. So, my prediction, some shadowy group of even more, like, rich, influential uh, naturals that (laughs) utterly hates coordinators and are super ultra-racists comes in. Yeah. (laughs) They take over the Earth Alliance yet again, and they start another genocidal war. And this oh, no. time it's up to our heroes in Orb and Zaft to together fight against the evil, evil Earth Alliance and restore peace once again in the universe. That's yeah. my that I call. I'm calling it now. I will bet money on this that that will be the seed movie. I'm not oh, taking that bet because uh, that that's is pretty much what movie, I thought too. Yeah. If that is the seed movie, I'm gonna sue Fukuda and Morisawa for royalties. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be on it. I'll be honest. I do. I do. I do think that was because even once I saw the last part of Special Edition, and you know, and, and let's not forget, we you, you said the whole thing with uh, Kira in the Zaft uniform. Boy, did that get the trolls going on the old interwebs too when they saw that. <laughs> I mean, I I could when that when that last one came out, I was getting tired of seeing the screen caps and everything of Kira in that white Zaft uniform. I mean, as much as I love the white Zaft uniform, it was just like, come on, folks. It just yeah. looks wrong on this guy. It's like, why does this guy get... Why has this guy been in every military yeah. he's, in he's this in, world? He's, what's he trying to collect three pensions when he, when he <laughs> retires? And if he is, 
Will he be convicted and sent to jail for uh, pension fraud? I mean, at least in uh, at least when he went over to Orb, he you know he became like a, a high-ranking officer. What's he going to be in this one? Like uh, chief of staff? I think he is probably chief of staff in that. I don't know. I guess that depends if Lacus is the chairwoman, which is there's a lot of speculation about that, but. That's never been actually it? said. Yeah, it's... I thought she. Yeah, but I thought she entered the thing as chairwoman. They just showed her coming back, but that doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. she was the chairwoman. That's been an open question ever since that special edition. So, yeah, Dude, you know what I? Th- you know, what I think they'll do with the next movie. If anything, they'll probably end up having like you know. I know you. I remember uh, Paul, uh, Neil was like mentioning about the cloning. What if they did a clone of Patrick Zala? Since you have his ah the clone. you're giving them. You're giving them too much credit on that yeah. one. I, I, that, that, that is getting too much credit. It's going to be more evil naturals. Yeah. I'm the, telling you, that's what it's going to be. There's no other possibility. It's just going to be more evil naturals. Because when, when we speak on Stargazer, the Stargazer even, Stargazer even, you know, made it where the, uh, the alliance is even more evil. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, that was going on during the Destiny. I mean, that part doesn't, I mean, I can understand you saying the evil naturals, but if you think about it, they basically eliminated most of the, uh, I believe, all of the Blue Co- uh, Cosmos members, the, the rich benefactors of it. Believe me, there, there's, there's always going to be, there's always there's always gonna be more. more. Yeah. There's always going to be more, more because, you know, Azrael was the head of Blue Cosmos, and then he got killed, but then it's like, oh no, there's actually these guys, Logos, who are even worser, and yeah. then they got killed, which means there's going to be some other group of guys, you yeah. know, named Hacky Sack, that <laughs> are <either laughs> worser or... or, or than Legos. Blue Cosmos and and Logos, the Dark Illuminati or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's... yeah, it'll be it'll be whatever. There's always in in Cosmic Era, there's always some group of evil natural that's even worse than the previous group, and that's yeah. why you know that rises past the ranks are the best predictor of future behavior. So, I think uh, we should put an end to this because yeah, my voice is start to get out. Oh no! <laughs> so. so any in in. 15 words or less. Any final comments on Destiny? Watch it and be disappointed just like us. I don't hate it, but I mean, I'm, I was not I was not I love happy. the hate, though. I was not, I was not I happy. I love the hate. I just love the hate, but I mean, Destiny is one of those shows that's like, I just love to hate it. I mean, me and Chris, like, when I first met Chris, we started arguing about Destiny. <laughs> right I mean, that's how we became friends. We were just arguing about Destiny over and over and over. Like, he'd always complain about how Kira was such a horrible guy, and I was just defending him. And it's just like, you know, De- Destiny's a good conversation piece. <laughs> As we proved here. Uh, Adam, 15 words or less? Of course, it's not the first Gundam series anyone should watch. Um, <laughs> but It'd be I the can- last. I can't bring myself to hate this show because it is a Gundam show. Not like I, I, I don't dislike it as much as I like Savior. As for my 15 or less minute quote, here we go. I've never seen a Gundam series that so much deserved a rewrite entirely. I don't think they're going to use that quote on the uh, the box cover of the DVDs. All, all, all I can say is forgive us, Bandai, but we had to say the truth. Um, Sunrise, y'all forgive us too. Uh, I'm, I'm out. Here, here's, here's a box quote for that, but it's not my 15. Go ahead. Um, I can't say enough good things about this show. <laughs> Yoshiyuki Tamino. I just got one thing to say. I, I don't know what happened in between Seed and Destiny, but is it just me that, or did everyone get boob drops? Yeah, like almost every girl on that show got boob drops. Well, it's the, it's the, the Code Geass effect. It's, yeah, it's this Code Geass thing. Not as bad as Code Geass, man. Ooh. Code Geass is like, everybody became a porn star between even, Seed and one. You know what? Even Laxus went from A's to B's. Damn. I, 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 was, I was just like, wow. 
that's that, that's a whole other like pervy segment. So, uh, yeah. Paul, your 15 words or less. Oh, I said it earlier. You know, just uh, just watch it. You know, I can't say it's going to be the greatest, but once again, I can't hate on it. I mean, it's disappointing, and you do feel like you get kicked to the stomach after watching it. Give it to your like head. A, like a backstreet abortion. Well, I wouldn't know by first hand, but yeah, it, it. I'm sure that's exactly what it felt like because it was. Ooh. I mean, for something that really started off pretty well, it, it's it's really sad to just see, um, you know, just mismanagement and lack of focus and lack of ideas kill something. So, all too watching, uh, Des- watching Destiny is like watching Sarah Palin do an interview. Horrible, ugly. Yeah. Don't want to see it. I'd still rather watch Destiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So even with their Canadian accents. <laughs> My closing thought I would say is I think it's the most disappointing Gundam series ever but as always, don't just take our word for it, you should see it for yourself and form your own opinions and not just go off of the opinions of others Especially if you see it Is it more disappointing than Double Zeta? No No, Double Zeta is not disappointing at all Double Zeta was disappointing at first it got better halfway through then it got kind of stupid again but it ended decently Even with the Aztec Ninjas? Even with the Aztec Ninjas, Destiny is more disappointing. So maybe Destiny has Aztec Ninjas. Maybe, maybe still not as disappointing as G Savior. <laughs> let's not ever talk about G Savior again, please. Thank you. So, so that wraps up the 18th installment of Gundam Roundup. Uh, next time we'll be returning to the One Year War yet again for the second part of MS Igloo, the Apocalypse 0079 OAV. And that puts an end to this roundup. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. We'll be right back. My teammates, it was an honor to be on the court with you. You guys are the best. Even you, Vakaitis. Damn dumb son of a bitch. You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? You know, and I was telling Solbro about this the other day when we were talking about Igloo. This whole thing, you know, yeah, there was in, in First Gundam, there are some tones of Nazi Germany in There's within even... Zeon. And, and we have that famous line of Degwin telling Garen that, you know, you're like a man from the dark ages of Adolf Hitler. But I was telling Solbro, I'm like, I think in a way, the only reason why Tamino, and I'm, of course, I'm, this is just my speculation, that he probably did that was because for us watching the show, that's our, that's the reference point of like, uh, of the most evil person known in history, you know, to do stuff like that. Like, if there was ever, let's hope the hell it doesn't happen, but if there's ever anybody more evil than Hitler and does stuff that's, you know, worse, would it, you know, now he would, ups, you know, upstage Hitler as being, you know, the most evil person. So I, I think that's maybe why Tamino probably did that. Because, yeah, okay, the helmets and stuff. But I, I, I just I just never really saw it too much in, in, in First Gundam. You know, because, of course, Zeon's doing it for independence. Yeah. The Nazis did it for just out of world domination. They wanted to destroy the world and, and, and rule it. But I don't know. It's just, um, you know, the whole thing with the flag. And that was something that they did a lot through most of the episodes is that waving Zeon flag oh, in I space. Know. And I, I, I don't know. I just, and, and I, I do like Oliver and I like Monique. And, you know, I like these characters. And you were very sympathetic because they were just putting 
just a bad situation and, and nobody really cared about them and nobody mm-hmm. cared about anything else but just that whole postscript i mean it's it was almost as bad as the postscript in endless waltz like damn you know damn. next episode you will see the tears of time need a cake but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery in the south florida area try epicsugarworks.com this bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series video game character or whatever custom design you're looking for their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody so if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm Go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. <gasps> oh! Oh! Damn you, Roger! Damn it! Damn you! Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. We pick up where we left off on our Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam Double O reviews. This time we're going to start with episode 10, The Light of Heaven. And some highlights in this episode. At the very beginning we get um, a little bit of a school days flashback with um, with our friend um, Sumeragi, a.k.a. Lisa Kujo, who she, um, you get to see um, her back in the day with Billy and uh, also with uh, Kati Manikin. And how, where pretty much their friendship began. Um, there's a, a roundtable at the Catheron headquarters talking about um, pretty much the, the Federation's next move and the conference that's going to be happening in the Kingdom of Suil. Uh, I forget how to pronounce that. But um, the Ptolemaeus is attacked by a mystery mobile suit uh, piloted by one of the innovators. And it takes on the double O and um, it, the double O is bested or almost bested before it's saved in the um, the mystery mobile suit retreats. Thierry, again, contemplates his role as a as a so-called innovator and if he's um, and, and how he's wanting to defy um, convention by going against their schemes. Speaking of schemes, my friend Goodman, um, King Mullet, <laughs> he hints about a new plan that ALOS is about to perform with the help of the innovators. The Ptolemy docks at the uh, asteroid base for Celestial Being, and they meet up with uh, Millennia's mom and Ian's wife, and also meet up with the new. The conference in Sweel is underway, and Kevin Smith shows up there, or he leaves to go to it. <laughs> and Marina later on is um, inspired by the children, um, the orphans that are there at the the base. And um, back at the asteroid base, the crew of the Ptolemaeus is showing the O-Riser and the um, the Gun Archer, while Saji and uh, Marie chat about their the roles they plan on playing in Celestial Bank. There's also the double O riser field test that happens in this episode. And Memento Mori is actually revealed as the uber weapon that, uh, that uh, sorry, the innovators and A-Laws plan on using. And they completely raise, uh, they completely destroy um, the kingdom of Sawil with it. And um, later on, at the end of the episode, they run the Trans Am test with the double O riser. And um, everybody gets a contact high. And our favorite villain, our anti-hero from season one, comes back for a moment. Hallelujah. Just an exciting episode, especially with the uh, Uber weapon being revealed so early on in the series. At least one of them. I, it was a cool scene between Nana and Ali when they finally reunited after all that time. 
<laughs> Nina wasn't too happy to see him, but Ali got the best of her. That was that was absolutely awesome. Other than that, though, what were you guys' thoughts on the episode? Well, it was the worst uh, episode ever. Oh man, you would. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty the worst piece of crap. These stupid Gundam cliches, of stupid doomsday weapons and giant lasers, and it's the worst garbage ever. <laughs> this show is like worse than Destiny because it's so bad. That's what I read on the internet, so it must be true. It must be. <laughs> well, uh, glad to hear your opinion on that, but um. Educated. It yeah. sucks, dude. Stone One sucks. It sucks, but I can't stop watching it even though it sucks. No, it was pretty cool to see the flashback with Billy and Sumeragi. Jailbait Sumeragi. Let's, oh, yeah. you know, before she became the hot lush. Mr. Uh, was... Mr. Pedo Billy. Yeah, Pedo Billy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's only 17 at the time. And, you know, he's much older than she is. But uh, that was cool. I mean, to see all that stuff there. We could see that there's, you know, discord within a lot of the other nations throughout the world and the kingdom of Seoul, you know, and some of the stuff with Cateron meeting up with them later on. And, you know, of course, like you said, we, we get introduced to the doomsday weapon of oh, yeah. du jour for Gundam 00, uh, Memento Mori, a.k.a. the Hammer of Dawn. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, we get to see some of the, the new upgrades that we're getting with the, the Gun Archer and um, the O-Riser. And uh, we get a little harkening back of uh, original mobile suit, you know, some you know Universal Centuries with uh, when you put that uh, the the GN drive, the twin GN drives, it gets those goofy particles going. Everybody's having like a new type moment there. No, so um, you know, and um, you know, we see that you know uh, uh, Marie has that she has the thing that uh, Sergey's in danger. So we could definitely see that there's some type of um, you know kind of comparison to uh, the new types of uh, Universal Century, especially when the double O is working an optimal uh, twin driving there. It was funny that you were talking about the whole confrontation with Nana and Ali. Mm -hmm. I, I actually I actually thought, I think if, um, if, if double O was like an adult show, he probably yeah. would have ended up just beating the crap out of her and oh, raping her because okay. it, it had that kind of intensity in it and just seeing just kind of her hatred towards him and the fact that Ali gets off on that. I know, he, people he, hate him. That guy just the guy just gets a complete boner off that stuff. He's he put her in check and then started admiring her body, man. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's like man, and, and and I mean, as evil and as as destructive as he is, you, you just can't get enough of this guy. It's like man, this guy's just like, you know, he stated before he's like chaos and evil incarnate. But damn, you, you just want to see more and more of this guy because he keeps outdoing himself. If this were a hentai, but, as as much as she hates him. Her being oh, like yeah. the crazy maniac that she is, she he would, would he would rape her and she'd like it. Oh, because you see yeah. later that like like when you see like the mark on her face, she kind of looks like she liked it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just like wow, uh, what's up with this chick? I mean, she's even crazier than I thought she was. Based on all the fans out there, I'm sure that's already been done. Um, you know, so you probably wouldn't have to look too hard. <laughs> Shippers no, rejoice. <laughs> But, um, you know, great episode again. Once again, uh, another cliffhanging episode with um, what looks to be total destruction of the, you know, at least the one of the main cities in the Kingdom of Seoul there. So, uh, but Chris, uh, some of your thoughts on episode 10. Well, uh, of course, we see, you know, this unveiling of the, the new mass destructive weapon and, uh, you know, Ribbons doesn't hesitate to start taking out uh, all these little kingdoms in the Middle East that are opposing the Federation's reorganization plan. Finally, see the uh, the O riser and the double uh, O linked up to create uh, new type magic. Mm -hmm. Again, it was interesting to see uh, Pedal Bear Billy. <laughs> yeah. That that flashback 
with uh, young Sumeragi and, and Kati uh, talking about uh, what they should be doing in their future. Little little do they know. <laughs> <laughs> How about your boy, um, Goodman, man? His mullet is in check, man. He must go to Supercuts. Can't stand that guy. <laughs> Can't stand that guy. <laughs> he gets so happy about the simplest little things, oh, too. Know, like, you know, getting, all, face, man. getting all giddy about Memento Mori. Just like he, he does when dinners arrive. The guy's just... <laughs> He just got a hard on for destruction. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> and seconds. And thirds, maybe. I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely likes dessert. Man. Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting to see how uh, how this new destructive weapon played out. So. How about your fellow reporter, man, Ikeda, man? We finally got to see him live. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in, in the resistance in the now. That's like That yeah. was cool, man. It's like for, for someone who we saw only on television in season one, man, he's finally got some lines that are <laughs> that are not reporting the news. It's like, wow, that's, that's cool, man. I, re- I remember him. I, re- I don't remember his name, but I remember him. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> that they brought him back and showed, you know, like that four years later now he is a reporter probably sees that uh, the truth is not getting out and decided to take a direct hand and join up with uh, Catheron. So that was a pretty interesting thing. Exactly. Well, that would bring us to episode 11, which is called Double O's Voice. We start off here with uh, Marina and some of the children. She's talking to one of them, and she wants to see her her little girl, says she wants to see her parents in uh, Seoul. And we see that Sergei gets up, and he's looking out the window to see where uh, Seoul's capital used to be. And, uh, you know, it's a Cateron base. It's reported that it wasn't a nuclear attack, but some type of space-based laser. And uh, Chris's boy, um, Goodman, is, like, going, you know, head over heels. about. Don't, how don't call him my boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about uh, Memento Mori and its power and how it's going to end things across the planet. And uh, we, we, you see the conclusion of the double O riser test. We also learn a little bit later on that uh, poor Lasse is uh, pretty much dying from his exposure to uh, the GM particles and all that. So, um, of course, Celestial Being wants to go and stop Memento Mori, so they get everybody together, and they start going after it. They find out later that the innovators were behind some of the Trinities, and, you know, the GNX is going to the UN. Later on, we see that there is an attack of A-Laws coming at the Celestial Being base, and people are just getting murked left and right in that base. (laughs) I mean, that was pretty brutal. I'd, I'd have to say there. I mean, they they just. I mean, these poor people. And it, and it and it was finally nice to see too the amount of workers that are actually helping out with the remnants of Celestial Being because there's an awful lot of fantastic weapons they've built in four or five years here, and you knew there had to be more than just that Ian and his wife and a couple of other people. So Saw the manpower um, behind it. Yeah, exactly. You know, we see that the Ptolemaeus, in, in the meantime, is, get, is getting attacked also. Uh, one of the hangars gets hit, and of course, he ends in there, and he gets hurt. Of course, then they have to call on uh, King Arthur to help him. Right on. And, uh, you know, King Arthur goes on his trusty steed and saves, uh, <laughs> <laughs> saves Ian from uh, total doom. Basically, we have, um, you know, the battle coming up here on um, Memento Mori. Uh, so he activates his Transam to go against Spring. Once he does that, then everybody starts getting, once again, in these crazy um, kind of new type visions. And Saji hears Luis and vice versa. And she says, why is he in the Gundam? And then, you know, the, it ends with him asking her, why is he in a- A-Laws? And then they're, and they finally just end up, why are they both of them in space? So um, thoughts about... Uh, Double O's voice, i.e. everybody gets crazy and naked at the end. Oh, man. The the advent of naked space. I like to call it <laughs> naked space. Is that anything like dead space? <laughs> well, I, let's Just hope more not. titillating. <laughs> and emo. Like, and emo. Yeah, Saji, Saji got himself some. Some piloting. 
<laughs> and he, he he got to participate in some asymmetrical docking. That was cool. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's kind of put this straight here. Uh, what what is Asaji actually doing in here? Because it looks like Mr. Haro does uh, all the docking. You know what? And uh, it looks like uh, um, you know Saji's just checking the gauges and making sure that the hot pockets are done after they're hey, uh, done with. Um, it's a red. Ho- it's a red horror. So done with the, he's, s- he's, the sortie. He's got to uh, keep uh, keep the seat warm. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know, Sesta, once you defeat everybody, I got some uh, chicken, broccoli, cheese, uh, Hot Pockets here for you. I'll send them, I'll send them through the uh, GN drive when you're done. I could go for some of those right now. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, the right? Drive, the GN drive, drive so they get nice and warm. The Philly cheesesteak ones. Yeah, or the meatballs. Delicious, dude. But um, yeah, let's not let's not go too crazy here, Soul Bro. Just because he sits in a pilot's seat doesn't mean that he's a pilot. He he's not up. doing much. He stepped up, man. How much he you stepped want from up, him, man? He stepped, stepped up to be a the space delivery boy. That's what he, he stepped he, up. He's a space delivery does. boy. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna put destiny, I'm gonna put it in, the, in this context, man. Being, being, the, being the O Riser pilot is the lowest level on the Ptolemaeus because. What? He's a backseat <laughs> driver, dude. He's like, a backseat you know, driver. You know what Saji is? He's like you—you uh-huh. you, you put like uh, your your is kid in, in the uh-huh. in the back seat of the car, and they're in their little mm-hmm. car seat. And the little mm-hmm. car seat has a little steering wheel, and yeah. it has a little horn on it, so they like they nice. they play with the steering wheel, and they think that they're driving the car, but they're not. I like that you're about to say that he I was like, like a Cots, but Cots actually, as crappy as Cots was, yeah, he knew how to pilot. Before he got the G Defensor, he was in a Nemo. So he actually knew. Saji's sitting in a seat with the Haro doing everything. Well, uh, look at this this way. Saji, Saji is like that dude. And the only reason why he's there is because everybody else is more important on the Ptolemaeus. You can't have uh, Feltleave or Milena or, uh-huh. you know, because they know how to do all the systems on the Ptolemaeus. Well, Ian's uh, important. Uh, so it's like. <laughs> You know, who who, who doesn't have a job to do? He's like oh, the guy nut. cleared toilets. Oh, okay. Let's just put him in there to make sure the make sure the hot pockets Jesus. are done. He's like that navigator during a rally race, man. He's he's no, because they actually say what to do. <laughs> then they, don't don't insult a navigator on a rally race because well, they plot out I'm the not courses. Insulting him. They I'm tell him them. left, right, Look, corner, easy right, baby. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Saji's sitting there going, Louise, Louise, Louise. Oh, yeah. Oh man, how about Captain Jinnin, man? He yeah. got he got he got worked. Well, oh, uh yeah. that's <laughs> that's what happens. The second you reveal a tiny hint of your background. Oh yeah. Especially if you're oh, on the yeah. side of the antagonists, you are required to die. Oh yeah. man, and you can see that coming oh, on the wall of his when, Once you saw he had a family, it's like, oh, just just uh just chalk one up. It's the same because about- I thought he was a kind of interesting guy, so I was expecting to see like more from him than just to be, you know, the rocking hairstyle. Yeah, you rocking know, a hairstyle from the nineties too. You say that too, and and it's funny because I almost was getting an impression up until this point that he could have been like our a one a defector. You think so? He kinda Nah, definitely been- not. No, I mean, not you after he's losing so? his wife, man. This guy, I mean, he, he talks about in this episode how he was losing his wife. Then he oh, was right. yelling at Setsuna in the very first episode of the season about how Celestial being killed a lot of his comrades. So, yeah, this guy was like hardcore Grudge. anti-Celestial being. He would he never would, have, would that guy have been a defector. Oh, he's well, now space dust. What too. about what what about Lockon, man? He got his love connection almost, man. He he Lockon too met a new man. This episode, man, you can see you can see that animal attraction right yeah. there, man. You can see that. Um, ladies can't resist snipers. What can you say? That's what, yeah, that's what I'm exactly. saying. Goes, they can't. Uh, they sniper can't, behind closed doors. They, 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 <laughs> they love they love that Irish charm. 
<laughs> it's the look of the Irish. I was like, go, go keep my bed warm. I'll be there shortly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, honey, would you like to come to my room and charge some GN particles with me? <laughs> Speaking of GN particles, poor Lasse, man. Oh, dude, no way. <laughs> you know, finding the, the finding out that the guy is just pretty much dying Terminal. from his exposure to him. Which... You know what, though? He adjusted well to, to the fact, man. He didn't, he didn't mope. He got right back in the chair, well. did his job. <laughs> well, no, and, you know, oh. as we find out, because, you know, we're doing these reviews, all, you know, uh, long after um, the these episode. episodes previewed, we find <laughs> out later that, ah, oh, poor Lassie. That's all I'm going to say. Well, what about um, Saji getting raped by the G-Forces when they when the, when the double O turns into Trans Am mode? Yeah. Freaking awesome, man. That's why he needs a pilot suit. Well, he but, needs the pilot suit to, so he doesn't have to pass out because he might burn those Hot Pockets. Oh, no, I know. Dude, stop mentioning be... Hot Pockets. I haven't had lunch. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, anything I'm, else on episode 11? I'm done bragging about Saji. I'm done. Oh, yeah, Ian was hurt, right? Ian got messed up. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. Saji, yeah, when the uh, when one of the beams went into the, the hangar and, yeah. and Saji... Um, you know, Saji helped take him to the uh, sick bay. So, because it looked like probably Ian was going to pilot the the O riser if he didn't get murked. So, oh, man, well he's he's still around, man. He's yeah, just, well. he's just now in the Jeffrey's tube, man. We'll see him later. But, uh, <laughs> okay, moving on. Episode right. twelve, waiting in space. So you got uh, this battle going on, and well, Patrick does a uh, he does a little surprise attack on Lock on. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he gets knocked away when Sasuna moves in. Revive attacks uh, the double O riser and stabs it. But then the double O riser kind of just dissolves into particles and reappears behind him, which you know prompts like a WTF reaction <laughs> <laughs> to everyone. Yeah, and Ribbons, he's shocked that the Gundams have an ability he didn't know about. So you know, Wang being the little uppity bitch that she is, she's like, "Oh, is something the matter?" And he just slaps her upside the face like a pimp and knocks her down and tells her to shut up. And Ali is pleased, too. You saw the smile on his face. Yes. (laughs) So uh, Setsuna, you know, he takes out the Gadessa and the Garazzo. So Alaw's retreats and, you know, their their task is not over because they have to go destroy Memento Mori. And, of course, uh, you know, all this weird stuff that's going on, you have Kati wondering, like, what the hell is up with this double O and and why does it have these abilities that border on the abnormal? Anu tells Sumeragi that uh, Ian's going to be uh, out of condition for 10 days. And, you know, Setsuna, he's surprised to hear that uh, Louise was on the battlefield and he wonders why she's in A-Laws. And then Saji goes into emo and he's like, It's Kenji ate the Gundam because they killed their parents. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Setsuna tells him that he needs to fight. And Saji's like, I'm not a murderer. And he punches him in the face. And then Lakan chimes in and tells him that... Uh, you know, he needs to, like, work on his, his uh, interpersonal skills. Yeah. <laughs> Lock on the guy who likes to eavesdrop. Yeah. And uh, Saji, he's he's pulling the Shin Asuka, you know, looking at that, that email from oh Louise from a few years ago, just obsessing over that. Hi, it's, it's Louise. Yeah. I just like to review. <laughs> and as we mentioned, uh, Zinnin, since he got toasted, uh, his locker's getting cleared out, and Andre's asking Louise about uh, the voices and the weird stuff they experienced, and if she knows one of the enemy, and she's like, no, I don't, and, you know, he tries to like you know lay it on her and she uh she gives a little little uh nice little squeezing with her uh fake hand which yeah. i guess is uh much more powerful than a human hand just to show him what's what and the innovators they launch a new plan to uh capture the double o gundam because ribbons is sending uh, hilling and another innovator divine nova to uh to help out and over in the middle east uh the richiera kingdom 
gets destroyed by a blast from Memento Mori, including a refugee camp that had a million people in it. Yeah. Jeez. Sergei has a little discussion with Commander Kim, who tells him he's being appointed as an inspector in the Middle East to uh, you know check out all the stuff that's been going on. But obviously they just want to shut Sergei up since he's a witness to Memento Mori being used on um, you know innocent civilians. And you know you got Celestial being moving in to uh, get closer to uh, Memento Mori. Saji decides that if he leaves this area of space, he won't be able to see Louise again, so he jumps in the O-Riser's cockpit. But just as he's about to steal it, he thinks to himself about the stupidity that he did before that caused all those deaths with uh, Catheron and realizes he was about to make the same mistake. So luckily he stops and uh, does the right thing. Thank goodness. Yes. On the other hand, though, Louise, uh, getting a little nuttier and nuttier, she deletes all the pictures of Saji on her cell phone. Oh, man. Yeah. And then Catheron, they have a space fleet that uh, moves into a Memento Mori. But they're surprised that uh, it can shoot upwards into space, and it blows half of them away. So uh, as, uh, as, as uh, our illustrious former president, George W. Bush, would say, it's a case of misunderestimating somebody. Pretty much. <laughs> Definite case of misunderestimating uh, them. Because, uh, yeah, once again, just kind of continuing on, we see, uh, I, and I think we talked about it before, man, the A-laws, uh, I, I really do think now they've given uh, the old titans the run for the money of the, the ruthlessness, especially, uh, you know, so far in the show. It's like they're sitting there just wiping out, um, you know, wiping out kingdom after kingdom and then just hitting, oh, man, a refugee camp of a million people. I mean, it's just it's amazing that they would do something like that. But, um, you know, you can see that uh, they just they just don't care. And, um, you know, Celestial being knowing that they have to, once they can get the ship, up and running again they they got to take out that laser because it, it's just going to continue on you know it's um pretty interesting like you said uh it was nice to see um you know that saji actually learned from his mistakes uh, I'll, I'll at least give him this he's growing i mean he's he's still a crap character <laughs> and, and, a, and a, a waste of uh digital media Is but really? um you know Man, at least harsh. He, louise went ahead and cleaned up yes exactly <laughs> That's dumping in the 24th century. That's that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> she uh, she she uh, she also changed her status to a uh, single on uh, Space Facebook. No, <laughs> no. Damn. Yeah. See, see the little the little uh, the little broken heart symbol there in 3D on Space Facebook. <laughs> uh, she wrote, on, she wrote on Twitter to f you, Saji. Oh, no, on on Space Twitter. On Space, space Twitter. Because since it's the future, everything has to have space in it. So in Space yeah, Twitter. She she I'm, said uh, in in 140 characters. So done with that loser. Screw him. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaned out all my I pictures. Should, should have listened to my mom. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> should have listened. And then we see that um, you know Andre actually that apple fell far from the tree of Sergey sitting there trying to you know be Mister uh, Mister Understanding trying to put the moves on her while she, you know that she. I, I I gotta give it to him there that she you know, she she realized what the dude was all about and just uh basically told Mr. Understanding is more like Mr. Potential Date Rapist. Exactly. <laughs> until Mr. Got, until she got her Luke Skywalker hand involved. Mr. Spike drink there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me, bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, it, it, I, I do have to say that like you said, it it was kind of funny at the end with um you know it's it's never really funny to see people die but when the the cataron people their faces when they saw that that barrel rotated up <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <show> you! 
we didn't possibly conceive that this thing could shoot in space to defend itself. This was never a contingency plan. <laughs> Admiral Akbar would have been prepared. <laughs> he would have said, Fall back! It's a trap! They didn't have Admiral Akbar, so, you know. They certainly didn't. <laughs> They're lost. Goddamn, Catherine has crap intel. They have crap everything. Jeez, yeah, man. they really do. They have crap they ships, crap mobile suits, crap intel. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're just crap. They are one of the crappiest resistance fronts I've oh, seen. Oh even even AUG had better um <laughs> had better insiders, man. Forget the AUG, man. Even the League military had better. And yeah, they were like they were like a five man operation of like a couple of hot chicks and a bunch of old geezers. Oh, yeah, a bunch of, of a bunch check. of yeah, a bunch of eighty year old guys. Uh, <laughs> That were like that were like uh, supply officers in like the first Neo Zeon War or something. Seventy year old ships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they, like you said. I mean, for for being former military guys and stuff, they got some real numb nuts running it. I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> well, in their defense, though, because uh, G and technology is so tightly guarded, it's not like oh, they yeah. really have access to anything better than the junk they have, and the junk they have would have been handy like five years ago in a conventional war without Gundams but just not much they can do what about um a l there was a little bit of foreshadowing in this episode like um Setsuna's abilities that he just realized he had like um hearing the uh the innovators telepathically and um picking up on what they were doing and what they were thinking and, and transmitting and of course the uh, the instant transmission oh yeah after 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 going KO Ken times twenty, yeah, it still hasn't been explained. Has it that whole materialization? Yeah, still hasn't been really explained, which I has mean, raised a great debate online, from what I remember reading. Yeah, almost so that people are like writing down te uh, technological theses about how it works and all that fun stuff in in, in too much detail. Oh, I know. Yeah. I remember you showed us that mess. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a technological thesis on on technology that doesn't exist. On 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 magic technology that doesn't exist. <laughs> Hopefully, they're working on it. <laughs> but uh, anything else, guys, on uh, on this episode, episode eleven or episode twelve? I'm sorry, not, not for me. But the next episode is the Michael Bay up, man. But it we're is. not talking about that episode. This uh, I know, I know, I know. We're that's just leaving cliff, people on a that's on our a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Yeah, the that's Michael our Bay cliffhanger. cliffhanger. The Michael Bay cliffhanger, man. There's explosions and what's it? A detective Mike Lowry moments. <laughs> the only thing that was really missing was the 360 cam. Oh. <laughs> But we'll talk about Can I have true Michael Bay moments without the 360 cam? We certainly can't. It, any other Chris's thoughts? Any, 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 other, any, other, any, other, Chris, any other Chris's oh. on this podcast that I have <laughs> Any other Chris's out there have any thoughts on this oh episode? My God, I yeah, just, uh, if your name is Chris and you have thoughts on this episode, just uh, post them on MechaTalk and we'll read them off in a future episode. No, actually, can't do that because we won't. <laughs> Not that I thoroughly embarrassed myself. As, as usual. As usual. As usual. Pull the Saji. Awesome. Well, um, I guess if there's nothing more, we will be back in a few moments on Gundam at MAHQ. Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my Gundam money, you bum? Well, we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is f here. Nothing is f No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! Next on level... Nine! Moving on. <laughs> Best, Best RPG. RPG. Ooh, this'll be tough. I'm already freaking absolutely... Absolutely pissed by just skimming over this. Shit. 
You have no idea. Oh. Fable 2, Fallout 3, Warhammer Online, Age of The Reckon. World Ends With You. For the DS? Of all the RPGs <laughs> that came out this year. The World Ends... You put a MMORPG in here, okay? And The World Ends With You. Now, The World Ends With You got some high ratings. I didn't play it, but people loved it. Where the f*** is Tales of Vesperia? No comment. You know, where the hell's that one, which was a really highly rated RPG that came out for the 360? Mm-hmm. You know, um, even I'm even shocked that freaking Infinite Undiscovery's not on here. Yeah, that's um, true. Did Lost Odyssey not come out this year? It did, I think. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I really can't remember. It's, it's It boggles the f- Infinite mind. Undiscovery was... Um, I wouldn't by, put that in here. It was, by most, though, it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in here, but seriously, you know, like... Uh, seriously, Tales of Asperia, uh This will probably go to Fable. You even have um another Tales of Symphonia that came out for the Wii. Just recently came out. It just boggles the mind. Mm-hmm. Fable 2, I can understand. Fallout 3, I can understand. Warhammer Online, our agent, should not be in this. <laughs> should not effing be in this. Yeah. I am so... Sorry. Why don't Best they just RPG. have an MMO category? Yeah. Especially now. I mean, MMOs have been around many, long enough. War, uh, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade, <laughs> World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lynch King, and Warhammer, and Age of Conan. Winner goes to Age of, uh, <laughs> World of Warcraft, Age of Conan. Wrath of the Lynch King. Funny. I can't believe it beat up Burning Crusade. But anyway, it just boggles <laughs> my mind that you have those two in here. You can't play in the man's game. You can't close them. Then go home and tell your wife your troubles. They blew up my car! They blew up my car! They blew up my car! Goddamn shame. They blew up my goddamn car and all you got to say is the goddamn shame? No car, no money. You're having a bad day. That's it. I'm through with you, man. I'm calling some of my homies. I'm getting alone and I'm stepping the fuck off. All right, everybody, uh, welcome back, and thanks for joining us for episode 31 of Gundam at MHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and this in this episode, along with myself, and myself Chris, and Solbro, we did uh, the next six episodes of Gundam 00. We wanted to get caught up, and uh, if you're listening to it at this point, you knew it was the new format, not the old format, so uh, there's still daylight, I'm sure, where you're living at this point, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, so we went from episodes uh, 7 to 12, and uh, we'll be continuing up as this uh, show is winding down in Japan. And uh, our other topic was the long-awaited, long-anticipated, hate-filled episode of Gundam Roundup, Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam Sea Destiny. And uh, in that one, we were joined by uh, General Hate himself from uh, the Hatagon down there in Hate Valley, Florida, Austin. And uh, had some of our thoughts about uh, basically uh, the Destiny series and how it began, how it ended, and uh, how it affects us all now. But um, anything else, Chris? Any any news on MHQ that you might want to share with the folks before we get out of here? Nope. Oh, uh, so I'm going to pass this over to Soulbro to uh, get us some of our contact information before we before I take us out. Soulbro, can you get? Tell us how the folks how to get in contact how they reach with us? us. Oh man! Well, you can always, um, of course, I encourage everybody to hit mahq.net for the latest in mecha mecha anime information, as well as anime on other shows. Um, also, Gundam.net if you're looking for episodes of Gundam or the latest happenings with our show. Also, you can check uh, mechatalk.net, the, the official forums of mahq.net, where you'll find a subforum for Gundam. There, um, you can reach us by email at gundammahq at gmail.com and. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Zoom, 
Facebook, MySpace, and at Twitter at um, twitter.com slash M-A-H-Q-D-O-T-N-E-T. And that's it for me. All right. There's a lot, a lot of dams and all that contact information. Oh, Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. But, um, you know, with myself, uh, Chris Solbro, uh, we just want to thank everybody for uh, listening and thank everybody else once again for coming out that was able to to the MegaCon 2009. And uh, thank you for all the support of, um, you know, all the fans and listeners out there. And, and once again, thanking all the, the fine folks at the Anime Sushi Anime Club for allowing us to be out there for our two shows. And um, if, there's anything, if there isn't anything else, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode 32 and we'll see you guys then. Take it easy. No matter what we learn, no matter what we manage to obtain, nothing ever changes. People are amazing that way. What gives you the right to sound so superior? Gundam at MHQ's is Shinjuku Station, an MHQ production. Dad! Daniel! Dad, what can I do? Knock down the acid cover! How? Blast it, son! But I don't have a gun! Use your exosuit! 